You're now tuned into the Apartment 5B podcast, where we chop it up about hip-hop, R&B, sports, love and life. Hosted by Kill. 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 What's good, what's good, what's good? You are to an Apartment 5B podcast hosted by your man, Kill. I got my squad with me in effect today. I got my brother, Jens, out of New Orleans. What's going on, good brother? What's happening, Kill? Happy to be back. See everybody on the panel. It's going to be a good one tonight. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I got my brother, Kel, Queens representative. What's going on, good brother? Always good to be here. No doubt, no doubt. My brother, Vegas, out of Brooklyn. What's going on, good brother? What up, man? I'm back. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. We got my brother West Coast Vern. What's going on, good brother? What it do? What it do? How y'all doing? Alright, man. Everything is everything. Y'all know me. Let's well before we jump right into it, real quick, I want to salute Vegan Yes's podcast. Can you talk a little bit about your podcast and how that jumps off? Sure, go ahead, yeah. No, hey, if you want me to do it, I'll try it. Yeah, go ahead. So anyway. Vegas hit me up a while back and said, look, I got an idea for a podcast. We're going to call it Hip Hop Twitter. It's going to have to do with crazy takes uh, off of Twitter that we see that, that you know, maybe need to be brought out and, and talked about. And so I, at first I was shocked that he asked me to do it, but happy that he did. And, uh, you know, we second season in. We, uh, we got the second episode of the second season uh done and out and uh you know we got a lot of things in store and it's fun as hell if anybody listen to it you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it so well, i do right. let me add one thing that yens left out <laughs> i oh, never of- i never know what the tweets are right so mm. say them shits in the episode that is the first <laughs> time i've heard it yep that's exactly so right my reaction is the last couple of episodes I've been stunned my head silence like who the fuck said that like you know what I'm saying so uh, but yeah it's really it's really fun you know what I'm saying uh, he has a great sense of humor um, and it's it's nice and, and short and quick so you kind of get the information or the, the content really quick and you move on with your life so that's dope that's dope and that's a dope concept too because basically what i've been calling twitter recently is a fucked up time machine because <laughs> people are getting on twitter and just changing fucking history like it's literally like you could just get in a time machine and be like you know what fuck it i'm never happened you know what i mean like and i'm like y'all need to really get fucked on here every day and try your damnedest to change history like like it's nothing it's a fucked up time machine West Coast Burn, talk a little bit about Idle Mind. Is it that, are we ever going to finish it? Because are we capping it now? <laughs> no, man. I, I feel like even after this, after we do all this tonight, you're going to be like, hey, check 
Check your inbox. I'm done. 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 I'm this shit right here. Did you fuck with that beat I sent you last night? It's already getting recorded after we finish this tonight, man. I'm already, I'm, I'm in here. Let me explain something to you on watch. I don't talk shit a lot about my shit. I mean, I think I'm a dope producer. I'll say this. If Just Blaze, if this beat said just produced by Just Blaze, y'all niggas would be jumping out the fucking window. Okay? Let's just put it that way. That if that shit said produced by Just Blaze, and I say this a lot about me and Vague. Me and Vague have a lot of dope songs. If y'all haven't Tap in. Check out VegasWorldInc.BandCamp.com. I mean, them as a solo artist, dope discography. But me, him, as Vegas and Kill, we've got some bangers. My favorite is Song For You. I always say if that shit was produced by Pete Rock and CL Smooth was saying the exact same, same rhymes Vegas was saying, niggas would have been losing their fucking mind. So, you know, again, I just need y'all to tap into some of this indie music out here because it's, it's it's a lot better than some of your favorite artists. And I ain't just saying that. I don't talk the talk. If I'm going to say it, I'm going to definitely back that shit up. So, uh, but enough yeah, about that. Yeah, no, one bad, one bad. thing about, just for the people, the idle mind, I don't want to hear that. If, if, if you like a drift, trust me. They, they no, not, they're not just talking yesterday. shit. What's that? Nah, kill. That, that's the beat that you posted yesterday? What? Nah, that beat we haven't even recorded to. That may not even make the album because we want that to be something bigger and it may not make the time. We want that's why I said we on our Kanye joint. The shit is dropping June 10th. So it's dropping. So we may be recording to the midnight hour, but you know, we ain't pushing nothing back. So we just gonna Kanye niggas and just be like, well, here's newer, newer version of it and all kinds of shit like that. Cause you know that's how Kanye was with Pablo. It was like, here's the first Pablo. No, we added two more songs to Pablo. No, we took four songs off and added eight. So that right. nigga had like eight versions of Pablo floating out there. <laughs> you know, it got done. But whatever we drop on on the Juneteenth is that's it. But you know, it, we gonna get it going. So this week we are doing. If you follow us, if you rock with us, Apartment Five B, we always like to do salute shows. Uh, Want to give. The, the people who we love, the artists that we, we adore, we want to give them their flowers before they pass away. Because a lot of times with hip-hop legends, we don't talk about them until they pass. You know what I mean? And one thing that I love and I can stand on is, you know, when Marky D died, it wasn't like, a, oh, yo, let's talk to Fat Boy. I've always, I always talk about the Fat Boys. Always talk about them. Always talk about Houdini before Ecstasy passed away. Like, always talk about these people. So, we always want to do these salute shows. So today's salute show, the brothers from Brentwood, Long Island. And for folk out there, if you did, if you don't know who I'm talking about, then this is the episode for you. Because when I say the brothers from Brentwood, Long Island, there shouldn't be no. I'll tell you this, and I don't want to vague back me up on it, and I don't want to go too far with you. Can you be a hip hop head if you don't know who the brothers from Brentwood, Long Island? Can you be a hip hop head if you don't know that? I think you if you can't be of a certain age, I would say. Okay. Because okay. you know, some some young cats they that's a long line of stuff they gotta get through. Right. right. It's a song called Brother from Brother Long Island. Right. 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 Yeah. Because number one, there's not too many rappers from Brentwood, Long Island. Right. So and here's the other hand, I said the brothers, so that's an S. We're gonna go to English class, so that means it's plural. So that means it's more than one. 
So it's two people, not too many duos or groups. We're going to talk about that from Brentwood Long Island. But we're talking about EPMD, Eric and Parrish making dollars. We're going to chop it up about the first time you heard EPMD. Your favorite album, your album's in order. Uh, your fave song off each album. Does EPMD have a top five discography ever? Time again, we're only talking about their first four albums. We are doing pre-breakup albums. So we're only capping it off on those four albums. We're going to talk about those four albums are four great albums. And is that one of the greatest four album runs in hip-hop consecutively? So we're not doing a Jay-Z with Reasonable Doubt, Black Album, re- all of that. We're not skipping. We ain't doing no jumping over people and no shit like that. Four consecutive al- albums. Um, who was the nicest MC in the group while they were a group? Uh, what were their top five beats? Because one thing, you can't have four incredible albums and not have banging beats. So we got to talk about their beats. Um, I got a lot of accolades that EPMD, I feel like they had. And then we're going to do a mixtape of what 12 EPMD songs would make your best of EPMD mixtape. And then the last thing we're going to leave you with is is EPMD a top five hip hop group or duo ever? Um, so I'm gonna set us off. The first time I heard EPMD is 1987. I'm not sure if I'm in, every summer I spent in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, so I can't remember if it's in Brooklyn, if it's in Philly with Lady B, with Street B, was hearing It's My Thing and You're a Customer. You know what I mean? The original It's My Thing samples, the whole darn family's arrived. You know what I mean? So for me, this sample was made famous by EPMD. For other people, this sample would have been fam- made famous by Jay-Z and Foxy Brown, but ain't no nigga. So, but this is the sample right there for um, It's My Thing. Just incredible song. I remember it starts off with a helicopter and, you know, it kind of just went right into the song. And it, it's the funny thing is for um, for years, I thought they were saying, God damn. But they're saying, but then when I finally started digging, the mountain break is saying, you out there. And I thought it was goddamn because even Eric says in it, I won again. You lost goddamn. It's my thing. So for years I was saying goddamn, and that ain't even a sample. But my thing was this my thing. The B side was your customer, which was crazy too. Um, with the time keeps on slipping, they had the ZZ Top sample. Just it was different. And again, this is 1987 where everybody was different. At that time, a lot of people were sampling James Brown. It's my thing. Old Darn Family. You're a customer, ZZ Top. I don't know anybody who's sampling ZZ Top in 1987. So we can start right there. So that alone separated them from the sound of most of the hip-hop at that time. Um, yes, what about you? When was the first time? You're from New Orleans. I'm always interested um, to hear about different regions hearing music. Because, again, I, one of the things I love about Twitter and social media is you get to hear things from different people because you think everybody was listening to something. You know what I mean? So, like, at the time when Omatic dropped, I'm like, yo, the whole world's listening to Omatic. I get on social media and I meet people from different places. And they're like, Nick will be like, nigga, nobody was listening to Omatic in Atlanta. And I'm like, what? Like, you just think where you're at. So, I'm you being from New Orleans, West Coast Vern being from L.A., I'm really interested to hear how you, you all heard this music. And, again, I always want to shout out West Coast Vern because I was out there with him and Ray. And these dudes know their East Coast hip. You know what I mean? And I think for me... Never being able. I, the first time I went to LA was three years ago when when I went with went and linked up with them, and it was amazing to me because I think just from even the whole East Coast West Coast bullshit with Pac and Big, for some reason I just didn't think West Coast people really loved East Coast hip hop like that. But sitting down with Vern and 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 Ray, I was just blown away on how much shit they do know 
about East Coast hip hop and the love they have for it. So again, one of the reasons why I do love Twitter, I do hate this fucked up time machine, but I do love it. You know, it's a gift and a curse. I've learned that life is a gift and a curse within everything. You know, you get a raise, it's a gift. Everybody want to borrow fucking money from you. <laughs> so it's a gift and curse with everything. So it's the gift and curse of Twitter. But yes, New Orleans, when's the first time you hear EPMD? Same, same thing. It's my thing, the 12 inch. Thing about the thing about that was, all right. Um, we talk about early EPMD. We got to talk about Stephen Bag Fresh Records. So, shot right there, um, Cal shirt. You see, I know we right. we that's me right. me and Vega <laughs> and Burn got on on the bucket hats again. Hey, <laughs> I keep coming back to you, bro. Can you be a hip hop head if you don't associate a bucket hat with EPMD of a certain age? Of a certain age. Of a certain age. If you are 44 or older, I don't yeah, think you're a yeah. pop head. You don't associate the bucket <laughs> hat with, with EPMD. You can't be a hip hop head because I know there's some people probably younger or shit, probably older who look at Jay-Z as, oh, Jay-Z wore that. Either the bucket hat and the blueprint, but we know the fisherman hat. <laughs> That's right. Hat, right. You know? That's what they were calling it. So. Right. right, so you got... We say bar. Well, there was three people: EPMD and Gilligan. That was it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Back in my day, that was it. That's three right. people with the bucket hat: Gilligan, <laughs> Gilligan, the EPMD. So for people watching, you got Yes and Burn with the bucket hat on. Kelvin's rocking the Sleeping Bag Records, which was EPMD's original record label. Uh, Sleeping Bag Records, very dope record label. Did House. One of my favorite joints on Sleeping Bag Records. Y'all may remember Summertime by No Sarah. That was a banger back in the day, man. But all that to say, Sleeping Bag Records. I'm sorry, yes, keep going. So, so like what I was saying was, nice uh, Mantronics out at the same time. So, we uh, local record store, you had Mantronics, and you know, you can't, when you saw the koala, you knew what, you already knew what it was if you was, if you was listening. So, you see the koala on something else, you're like, damn, what is that? You get the cat to play it. It's my thing. That shit went home. When I had that, I heard it went home. So that was my first introduction to EPMD through Mantronics, through seeing the sleeping bag records connection and uh, you know, listening to it. Let let the let the cat in the in the record store play it. And uh, you know, that was that. Been a fan you know, ever since. Yes, you bring up a great point about record labels that a lot of people younger now won't understand because there really aren't any record labels like that. Um, like you said, you 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 would see a Def Jam sticker and you would know, oh, okay, that's that's LL and the Beastie Boys. Who who else do they have? Right. You know what I mean? Like you said, you saw the Koala, you looked at Mantronics, and you said, okay, well, if they on Mantronics label, then it got to be something else that's that's dope. So that's how important your record label was to you at the time you know what i mean because it's like it was almost like that was almost the cosign you know because it was like well if they sign mantronics if they sign epmd i don't know who they are but they gotta be dope or whatever like that so very dope point vague what about you uh who was your first time hearing epmd um my first time hearing epmd was on the radio back in the mr magic days and why um I would just listen, right? And you know, they would just play mad shit. They wouldn't even back sell the songs. So you like, who was that? Like, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I just remember hearing uh, Strictly Business. And I really liked the beat. I, you know, I, I recognized the, the whole Bob Marley part 
But I was just like, damn, who are these cats? I kind of like this joint. And um, obviously, when they drive, you guys chill and all of that. Um, and my brother was a DJ. <clears throat> he got the first album. And I remember, like, oh, that's that song, you know, I heard on the radio. And then it's got, you guys chill. And it, I think that song was like my gateway into liking them as a group because that was the first song I liked and then they followed it up and then when I heard the album, my brother had it, it was just like, damn, they're, they're dope. And I had no idea at that point in time what the fuck was behind me, right? Like now, I'm, you know, in all the hip hop fucking times, we all have a studio, that's a one, two machine or whatever the bullshit. Look, I'm like fucking eight, nine years old. I don't know. All I know is I like this record. I like these dudes, and they're older than me, so I'm kind of looking up to them at the same time. So, uh, but Strictly Business must have been my favorite because they played it a lot on like Rap Attack and all that. So. Yo, this is what Vegas is talking about. If y'all can see the, the joint, mm. that that was the album cover. And Vague, you, you weren't alone because I'm two years older than you, but I really thought that, that they was playing fuck, fucking Frogger over here. I thought that was Frogger. <laughs> I thought these niggas were in the arcade, you know, because I'm like, these niggas playing Frogger on the damn computer back then because again, right. you weren't, th these aren't the days where everybody has a studio. Like, right. that, that's the difference, right. you know what I mean? Like, I had never been in a studio like that. Um, you know, I've only been in a couple of times at that age just because my mom's a jazz musician, but. I ain't never been in there to like make beats like that or something like that. So people watching just understand, you know, everybody just couldn't get money to get to the studio because in talking about studios, like, that's a whole nother show in itself. Because I remember it being in 87, me finding my man Hollis all the way out of West Philly who had a studio and me going over his crib. And then eventually, I think by the time we got to Morgan, more studios started becoming affordable for hip hop. You know what I mean? And, you were, and, and now you had a job. You know, because in seventh grade, I don't have no job. So even if you telling me $50 an hour, nigga, I don't have $50 an hour. You know, like, that's crazy. But now when, you, when you're when in college and you got a job and you got a little bit of money, now you can pay for studio time. So most cats wasn't getting in the studio until they was of college age. You know what I mean? So just a, just a dope concept right there. Well, what are you going to say? Kill real quick. And I mean, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of an ill album cover when you think back because of the, them being in the studio like you, i don't know if many rappers took pictures like that that right. you know signaled they were producers you know what i'm saying right yeah and i didn't know they were producers at the time i thought they were just rappers right right now i feel you i feel you west coast Vern, what about you out there in la how how'd you first hear about epmd they're similar to Vegas. I was rolling home with mom, and it was funny because she was listening to something else on the car radio and hit a bump, and it jumped to the hip-hop station, K-Day. And uh, it was just coming on, and she went to hit the dial. I was like, please, let me hear this, because it was, uh, it was, uh, it's my thing. And it, was, it just happened from the, you know, and I'm like, just let me hear it, and she let me hear it. And I swear to you, that night I stayed up, I took, I had, had the blank tape, and I stayed up all night waiting for the big show. I can go in ahead and get that tape. Fucking having in the Walkman going to school the next day. So it was, yeah, it was uh, yeah, like 87, 88. I'm like 12 years old, and I, I mean, I, I'm just like begging. I'm like, it's something about them because you know, growing up, our rappers was like our wrestlers, and you always wanted to be the first one with something. You always wanted to throw your tape for your people Walkman. Like, no, listen to this, right? And 
you know, like I, I knew, I knew none of my boys that heard that because I had a kid that lived across the street that was uh, a little well up, more well off than most of us, and he was always with the new shit, the new shit, but he ain't had that. So when I heard it was his body, I was hooked. Like EPMD is probably like my favorite fucking group up until a point. Mm. Nah, no doubt, man. And I think another thing. I love these conversations because everybody touches on such a different point because, Vern, what you touched on that I heard was, you know what, this is my fucking marriage counselor hat. I listen to people talk and then I have to be like, what I heard was this. Like, is, is this what I heard? So, But what I heard you say was the dedication that you had to have for hip hop. Like you just said, I heard something and then I stayed up all night with my tape ready to press record. That's a certain level of dedication right there. Dad, I'm gonna stay up all night. I know I gotta go to school tomorrow. I'm gonna be tired as shit, but don't matter because I want to hear this song. And not only hear it, I gotta record it so that then I can go play it for my other people. Because I remember that same level of dedication when I heard Roxanne, Roxanne. I was like, I gotta record this song so I can learn all the rhymes. Because I remember getting on the school bus the next day, and I'm in fourth grade. I'm fucking ten years old. And I'm getting on the school bus and I'm like, yo, what's up, dude? Yo, what's up, man? Then go that girl. They was like, oh, you know the rhyme? I'm like, yeah, I know the rhyme. So that dedication that you have that, you know, that this new generation, and again, it's no not because you just do what technology gives you. You know what I mean? But now you can just go to your iPhone and just bring it up and hear which what you want to hear when you want to hear it. I'm so old, they had to show me, Daddy, the words are right here. You can just hit that button and they'll show you the words. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, no, I used to sit here and like, rewind. What do you say? Okay, what do you say again? And like, the words, just it talks to you? Like, this shit is great. But that was the great thing you had to have with hip hop. This was like, yo, I'm going to sit here and just wait for it to come back on again. I'm not going outside. I'm not getting on the phone. I'm just sitting right here waiting for this song to come back on so I can record. And that's a certain level of dedication and love. And I think that's why a lot of people of a certain age defend hip-hop and love hip-hop and adore hip-hop the way we do because of what we had to do to get to hip-hop. Kel, what about you, good brother? Out of Queens, when was the first time you heard EPMD? Kind of like Vegas. Same thing with the, uh, I'm not sure which mix shows. This, this is my thing, of course, the song, but it's either Mr. Magic or Red Alert or, um, 105.9 WHBI the awesome tune WHBI like KRSN KRSN right and kind of what Vern said the um I wasn't staying up though but um my my parents were like turn that turn that music down (laughs) (laughs) we were like I would have a tape and I would um I lower it and stuff like that and I recorded I you know let the tape awesome too was they were there at like I think the show was like midnight to five or something like that so I, you know yeah. you know 90 minutes or whatever like that I let the tape roll and you know hope, hopefully record it and stuff like that but then it was also 92Q 92Q 92ATU which is another station like the funk it, it was early 80s so I'm not sure where I, which station I heard it on but kind of like everybody else said once I heard it I was like I can't I couldn't get enough of it it was just something different didn't sound like anybody else you know, their bomb style going back and forth. Mm-hmm. All right, no doubt. All right, so we're going to talk about albums. So for me, my number one album um, is Strictly Business. The story I tell about this all the time is seventh grade, it's 87, 88, me and my man, Lord Cross, downtown Philly at Funkomart, and we don't have enough money. The Jungle Brothers and EPMD are both out. We don't have enough money. To, for each one of us to buy two of each. So I say, yo, 
I'ma buy. I can't remember who brought one. One of us brought EPMD, one of us brought the Jungle Brothers, and the deal was in a week, we are gonna trade tapes back and you know do like that a week came and we were both dodging each other you know what i mean like that nigga ain't answering my calls i ain't answering his calls we nothing like that and i'm like bro we were like what we doing and it was like he was like bro i, I can't let you hold this man i love this shit. and i felt the same way about the jungle brothers i was like yo i can't <laughs> let you hold this because it's the shit. like I, I can't like and like you know we laugh about but that's just like Again, what we had to do, where we just be like, yo, we can't afford both. You grab one, so eventually we both had to buy the other album. But this album right here is just, I love this album, Five Mike Perfect. Um, I don't have the cover for this, but this is the um, business, um, never personal. It's the one with um, Boondocks, Crossover, Headbangers. This is my number two. My number three would be Unfinished Business. You know what I mean? Which I thought, in Vegas talking about the first cover, I love their covers because I thought this was so ill. This nigga sitting on the I-Rock, the other nigga sitting on the Benz. You got the 12-inch of the uh, So What You're Saying with Scratch coming out the sunroof with the with the wrestling belt from uh, winning the, the DJ competition in New York, the new music seminar joint, which was an ill cover. And then coming in fourth is business uh, as usual, joint like this. This is what Gold Digger give the people what they want, everything like that. Um, my favorite song off of Strictly Business is probably um, You Got to Chill. Um, just seeing that video, the video just went perfect with it. Seeing Steezo, God bless the dead. Uh, Steezo went on to do It's My It's My It's My Turn. It's my thing. I can't remember. It's my turn. Um, uh, uh, produced by the late great Paul C. R.I.P. to Paul C. Um, so that's my, I mean, seeing that video, like, yo, you got to chill was just crazy to me. Um, crazy. Off of this joint, can't hear nothing but the music, man. I love that joint, man. Like, I can just yeah, listen to that. Like, slept on. It's just yeah, I, yo, god damn, I love that song. And here's the thing, Hurricane G had a song called Milky to the exact same beat. Hmm. But like, there's no clean version of that. Like, it all sounds like old clue tape. Like, if you if you go to YouTube, I've searched the world for. There's no like official version of Milky, but it's Hurricane G spitting over. Can't hear nothing but the music. Um, the next joint, I gotta go with. So what you're saying? I hate picking the singles off of albums, but so what you're saying was just fucking incredible. I mean, it's just literally to me one of the greatest hip hop songs ever. And then probably off of the last joint, I'm gonna probably go with I'm Mad. I love, I loved I'm Mad. Um, and we're gonna talk about that. One of my accolades about EPMD is the way they set their albums off. When you put an EPMD album and you press play, nigga, it's like getting a new BMW and doing zero to 60 and 3.5. Like, it, it's, 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 there ain't no intros. It ain't no nigga, I'm gonna knock you down. <laughs> Niggas come to Brentwood. We going, nigga, you hit play. Nigga, just put on your seatbelt because your ass is about to. <laughs> You going from one to six, going to zero sixty real quick with the way that they set off the album. It's a lost, a lost art. Um, Her, what about you? What are your top four EPMD albums in what order? All right, well, um, number one, I'm with you with Strictly Business. Um, five mics for me. Four and a half, five mics for me. Um, I think Slept On Joint on that was Let the Funk Flow. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked about EPMD. I'm, I mean, I think that probably even spawned this for me was the, the uh, almost the idea of a concept album. How they always had the James, which led to Redman having the Superman Lover series, and so you always look for it, right? And it was, and um, but um, yeah. So strictly business. Then I got to go to business as usual. 
for my number two. Uh, business never personal number three, and unfinished business would be my fourth one. Uh, for business as usual, hardcore rampage, Jane three. Uh, business never personal, chill, headbanger, and crossover. And unfinished business, like so, what you saying? Get the Bozak and please listen to my demo. And it was it's weird because I forget what year, and this is an odd fact, but it was one year, two of the biggest hit records by mainstream people. I think one was Criss Cross and somebody else. They both sampled EPMD records. Mm. I think that you, it was it was two groups. I know one of them was Criss Cross that the tonight's tonight, but it was please listen to my demo. Now, I forgot who else, but it was the exact same year, and it was another EPMD record. Yeah, man. I mean, let's not forget. I mean, the, the first time I heard um, DMX, I was like, "Yo, let's get the Bozak and we get at me, dog." Like that was that was my initial reaction. Like, yo, fuck that nigga. That ain't nothing but fuck <laughs> these get at me, dog. Like, get he barking like a dog. Like, and y'all did this fuck with this. Like, I was like, yo, I was like at that point, his, I was like, yo, rap out of control. Y'all niggas bugging this nigga. Y'all niggas, these niggas just bit EPMD and y'all good with that. But nah, that, that that's that's a dope point, man. That's a dope point. Um, Vague, what about you? What what are your other EPMD albums are for you? All right, so at number one, I got. Business never personal. Um, my list has changed so many times, but uh, business never personal uh, at number one. My favorite track off of there is Headbanger. Um, just an unbelievable uh, posse cut for me at that time. Like it was almost like I felt like this is not supposed to happen. Like they all want to be on the same record. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. How to handle that? You know what I'm saying? So uh, second one. Uh, this wasn't my second album or favorite originally, uh, but over the years it's moved up. So it's business as usual. Um, mm. I feel like at that point in time, I kind of slept on that album a lot. You know what I'm saying? Because it was a different feel from <laughs> the first two albums. Um, favorite record off there is Rampage, uh, That Beat. I mean, LL, my God, like LL just killed that shit. Yes, I, indeed. It just stuck with me for so long. Like, damn, I love this record. Um, third album, Unfinished Business. Uh, favorite songs to what you're saying. Kill, like how I describe hearing Strictly Business and hearing the album and really getting into them as a group. And like you said, when, I, when my brother, I hadn't seen the video yet. I didn't hear anything. He just came home like, EPMD got a new album that was coming to business and I'm looking at the cover like, like what like more like you know what I'm saying <laughs> and, and I saw the video uh, so what you're saying I was just like damn I think this is my favorite group already um, and Strictly Business Last uh, you guys to chill as some people know I'm heavy into funk that's why I like West Coast Hip Hop so much and I think that's why I like EPMD so much because them funk samples, man. You, I don't even give a shit what you got to say. That shit is knocking. It's like, that's my favorite. Every time I hear it in an old school mix, it's just, I give, I go back to that first time I heard the record and that same feeling comes across me. So yeah, man, those are my favorite joints and my favorite albums in order from EPMD. Yeah, man, I miss the inside of these covers, these these album inserts, you know what I mean? Where yeah. 
know you know what i mean that's just the ill pick right there you know what i mean so that was definitely dope kel what about you what, what order you got them in so i got business as usual as my top album okay it's a little bit different from you guys um rampage of course hardcore of course i mean i, I love hearing songs when you first hear people's so obviously him redman or hardcore is uh you know just, just something that I, that I love i'm mad of course um um strictly business is my second one i got strictly business um it's my thing you got to chill of course but like everybody said the video is just bananas unfinished business is my third so what you're saying of course is the big payback everybody like the big payback video is done got nwa and that stuff like you know what i'm saying so that just the, the interaction with that too and then uh this is never personal headbanger scratch bring it back like i love how the beat changes in the song mm-hmm. I mean, i'm old school so i i gotta have the dj the dj part of the group you know what I mean? so just hearing that just a, just a dope track yeah, no doubt. And the thing about your fave joint, I always love that cover too. Just the cops, just that. with all the guns pointing at them. I thought that was a, uh, you know what I mean. And yes, what about you, good brother? What's your list? Uh, strictly business number one. Uh, it's my thing is the joint off of that one. Uh, number two, I got business never personal, and my joint off of that is Boondocks. Mm. Fucking Boondocks is that shit. Boy. So. All right, so that's number two. Number bro, that, three. That's, 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 that's that album, right? That's that zero to six price there, bro. That's yeah, that zero. Man, man Boondocks. You play, and Boondocks came on. It was like, here we go again. Like, here we yeah, go. Like, that's, that's, and we're I, back. And we're back. Crazy. Uh, number three, I got Unfinished Business, and I got uh, Strictly Snapping Next uh, for that one. Love, love that song, too. Uh, and number four, I got business as usual, and uh, one of, but the one that I, I chose, uh, brothers on my job, is uh, mm. one of my favorite joints off of that album. So yeah. they, they got EPMD just got joints on top of joints on top of joints on top of joints. So many, right, right. There's no tonight's tonight's episode is a no wrong answer episode in my opinion. Right. <laughs> There's just none. Right. No doubt, no doubt. Dylan Legend, Trey Lee, what's going on, good brother? Man, I need a drink, man. It took me five hours to get my damn camera on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What the hell? It's all good, bro. It's all good, bro. Yo. Crack this open, right? Crack that open, man. Tell me this. When's the first time you heard EPMD? First time I heard, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, I, I just like a lot of people, you know, I thought it was Rock Kim. You know what I'm saying? And that yeah. was, and that was in '88. And I didn't realize it was two voices. You know what I'm saying? Because of the, 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 the laid back style that they came with. Like I set the tone for that. So it's like anybody else you heard, you know, do that, you just automatically thought it was him. You know what I'm saying? So and they, you know, of course they dressed it, addressed it later, but. That was the first time, you know. What what, what was it? Um, what was the first single? Off the it's first my thing, and you're a customer. It was the B A side and B side. It's my thing, and you're a customer. It was probably your customer. It was probably the, your customer. Right? You know what I'm saying? And that's when I was like, then I, you know, as I began to listen, I was like, nah, this ain't this ain't rock. This some different shit. It's hot though. 
<laughs> different shit. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that was that was the that was the first time, and you know, after that, you know, going and, and, and it was everything was official after that. You know what I'm saying? All right, no doubt. Your top four EPMD albums in what order? Oh God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm I'm gonna have to go with the third one first. All right. So as business as usual. Here's the funny thing. I can never. You can give me. You can. I have these CDs sitting in front of my face. I can. I always get the third and fourth title confused. Yeah. It 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 it, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like I could literally fail the test right now on naming their first four albums after strictly and unfinished it's all it could be fucking business never ever with like i i can't the third album is business as usual yeah so business as usual first then strictly business was the second one right no that's the first album that's, strictly, that's second one second one second all right so unfinished business unfinished business second strictly business third and what's the last one? The last one is business, never personal. Yeah, that's four. All right, all right, no doubt. Now, one of the things I love about hearing all of that is I love the fact that nobody had the same albums in the same order. And to me, that's a testament to just how incredible their discography is. Not saying that it would have been a bad discography if we all had the same list, but just the fact that the diversity, that music, Something about the third album touched Kelvin Trey that that was their first album. That's my last EPMD album. You know what I mean? And somebody else had, I think Kelvin had the business. I'm still got to look at this business, never personal. Which is my second album. He had that coming last. So, and again, like Yen said, there are no right or wrong answers tonight, y'all. It's just a testament to how dope that these dudes are that you can literally start anywhere with them and and you should be good money. Um, Tell me this. Do you think. EPMD has one of the dopest four album runs in hip hop. Do you think it's a top five four album run? Because their first four albums, the first one is five mics. To me, the second one is four and a half. The third is four and a half. The fourth is five mics. But if somebody told me they have five mics for all of them, I ain't mad at that. Like, I'm not arguing over a half a mic. Like, so if that's a hell of a run out the gate to say that we have. What could possibly be four or five mic albums in a row? For me, they do. I mean, I I don't know who else would who I would fit in the other categories. I can't tell you if they're one, two, three, or five. They're in they're in that five for me. Are you um, talking five mics? I mean, uh, four albums to start their career, or four four in a row? Just four no, four, four in a row. Yeah, four in a row to start your career. So your debut, oh, your soft, yeah, your first four albums out the gate. Could possibly be all five Mike classics like that. We just sat here and all five, all six of us from different all over the country got four, six different versions of what album should come first and fitting in there like that. Because most people feel like I feel like you, you, you got a. I call them a Uno deck of cards. It's like a skip. You got I got to skip over that record or LL is like every other other record. Like you know or you know. Something. There's always a skip or a jump or something. Whereas with this, it's like, nah, nigga, you put all four of these joints in, leave Maryland, drive up to Philly, get a cheesesteak, <laughs> drive back, listen to them back. We ain't got to skip no songs. We good money. To me, they do. Um, so for me, again, I don't know where, how, or whatever, but to me, they do. Yes, what about you? Do you think EPMD's first four albums out the gate is a top five discography in hip hop history? 
without question. That man, yeah, hell yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. It, I, I don't see how people of a certain age, like we were saying, right? If you have a certain age, you gotta respect the catalog. The first four, there's no way you can. I, I, I can't see anybody saying no, but I say hell yeah. Here's the thing that I want people watching to understand too, who may be younger, is that, and maybe older too, most people that came out in 1987 ain't even get four albums. We could just start and stop right there. We could just start, I'm dead ass. Like most people didn't right. even get, if we look back at a lot of the groups that were dope at that time, I thought Redhead Kingpin was dope at the time. I thought, you know, K-9 Posse was dope at the time. There's so many groups that came out in that era that never even got to four albums, period. You know what I mean? So then when you're saying that not only did they get the four albums, but you're talking about four, maybe five My Classic albums out the door. I don't think it's asinine for somebody to think, yo, yeah, this could be the first four gate out, out the gate. Like, it, it don't get no better. Kel, what about you? I don't think I don't think they have a rival either. Pete, Public Enemy might be the, the closest, but I don't I don't think I think EPMD not five, with, not right. not five mics like you said five right. mics EPMD got it of course. And 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 even with PE, I love you're gonna get yours. You know what I mean? But that's a solid four mic album. It was a good album. It was a good album. And I think for me, I don't know about the rest of us. I brought that album expecting to hear Rebel without a pause. True. And they hadn't gotten to that place, in my opinion. The Bomb Squad hadn't gotten to that production phase of Rebel Without a Pause during the Yo Bum Rush the Show. I said, you're going to get yours. That was 12 ish. I met Yo Bum Rush the Show. They weren't at that yeah, production phase yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, the, the, of course, it takes a nation, fear of a black planet, but PE oh, could, could, could rival them. What about you, Vic? Top five? Um, yeah, I, th I think so because. Um... I know at the time I just felt like it, like you said about the record labels, right? It's like a seal of approval. You you already had two dope albums in a row. You get another album that's dope. Once they come out with a, what is it, business that was personal, uh, which I think was the fourth album. Yeah, that's four. Um, I, I felt like they could do no wrong. So yeah. I, I definitely feel the same, whether it's five mics for all of them or four and a half. Um, one of them didn't age well. Because I want to come Unfinished business. Because when okay. you get to the end with all that, why are you drinking or whatever the fuck the name is. <laughs> right. <laughs> you had too much yeah. to drink. I was like, right. yeah. I was like, yo. I just didn't remember it. So. That was a crazy video, too, man. It's just no doubt. Right. Right. It was wild. But, well, you know, thinking oh, about it, homeboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> like, but no, nah, I feel like even when you just look at at the time, man, I love that album to death, and I feel like they they do have a hell of a track record. Damn, they're flawless. It's on that Kendrick level, flawless. Uh, flawless. right? Right. All right. What about you, Bar? Oh uh, yeah. Um, as far as the first one out the gate, it's, it's almost unrivaled. Um, I agree with like maybe PE, maybe Ice Cube, if you count Kill at Will, because, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. America's Most of the Predator was a pretty strong run, but I think EPMD almost set a, a record or almost unbeatable standard, because you remember they was going gold too, every time, at least gold, yeah, that, that, every time. 
that that's one of the accolades that that's I was gonna, that, that, that yeah. we're going to talk about. Um, so you know, it was a lot going on within just them being dope. It's fucking every album was different, right? And um, you know, from what we got from '88 to '92, and most of it was like some of them was like the very next year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, from 88, from like 88 to 89, you had two albums. Then 90, yeah, so then 92 was the longest break. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think I think they set the standard. I mean, I wouldn't say they all not five mic, but as far as that first four albums, that's a five mic discography, of course. Like a five mic run, definitely. Right, right. I hear that. Trey, what about you? Oh, without question. I mean, the only, you know, Group, I think that rivals that is Outkast. The difference, you know what I'm saying? If you start talking about, you know, just classic material, five damn near. If it ain't five, it's damn near five. The only one that I can think of that rivals that is Outkast. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was gonna say Gangstar, but I won't hold you no more, Mr. Nice Guy. It was a good album. It was a good start. It was a good start. Yeah, I would you say Gangstar good... too, but yeah, I agree. It, it was know, a good springboard. It was a good right. springboard. Now step right. into the arena, daily operation, hard to earn, and moment of truth. That that that's that thing right there. But and right. no knock to no more, Mr. Nice Guy, because it's a good album. But right. it wasn't like no. Five mic explosion, like you know what I mean. Right. That works. I manifest positivity. There were songs on there that was crazy, but I think if Gangstar started with Step in the Arena, Daily Operation, Hard to Earn, and Moment of Truth, then that that's that's kind of crazy too. What's up, Vic? Kill, you know me. That album don't exist. That shit is juvenile hell to me. <laughs> <laughs> And again, I want people to understand that that's not a knock because with what I want folks to understand is at that time, Primo wasn't even making the beats per se, because again, right. we didn't have equipment like that. So Primo was taking the records he wanted to use to the engineer and to the studio to have him do it because at the time they didn't have equipment, you know what I mean? So again, for y'all young folk, y'all don't understand, you look at all these bedroom studios, this shit was not existing in 1988. Nigga, you was lucky to have more than one radio in your house in 1988, let alone the whole fucking studio in the basement somewhere. Like, so you gotta understand that it, it, it so like Primo would tell you, like Stephanie Arena was really when he started producing, producing, you know what I mean? So. I'm not bad at vague saying that because it's like, you know, you needed that springboard uh, to get where you're at. I want to shout out their 12 inches because a lot of people don't understand how important the 12 inch was back in the 80s. Now, their first 12 inch was It's My Thing and You're a Customer, which we all said was crazy. And this is so old. This is back when they spelled EPMD, E-P-E-E-M-D. And they were two <laughs> different words. You know what I mean? That's what that 12 inch looked like. Then you got the Strictly Business 12-inch, which was crazy. You know what I mean? Then you had the You Got to Chill 12-inch, which was crazy. Then you had the I'm Housing with the Get Off the Bandwagon 12-inch. And both of those had remixes. The I'm Housing remix gave you more of that Aretha Franklin um, uh, Rocksteady sample in it than the original did, which is I prefer. I don't even listen to the original. I got to listen to the remix because you got Aretha during the chorus. 
to get off the bandwagon remix was real smooth down they really wasn't rapping they was kind of just talking then you come back with so what you're saying because i know the first time i heard so what you're saying in those days you were kind of like yo i don't know how they're gonna top this you know like how you gonna top this album and then you heard so what you're saying it was like god damn these niggas ain't fucking around you know what i mean it, even with Eric singing so amazing, like that was my favorite fucking part of this song. That was the record that made me a believer. So what you're saying is still my favorite EPMD record to this day. Yeah, That's I mean, my, that made me a believer. That was like, oh yeah, they hit, they hit. For yeah, me. You know yeah, that beat, the scratches. Then you had the big payback, twelve inch. Then you had to give the people what you want, twelve inch. And I'm talking about the remix because the remix video version to give the people is 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 crazy it's crazy and i'm naming these 12 inches for folk to understand that this was the greatness about the 12 inches that you got the remixes like i don't even think people remix stuff anymore like you know what i mean like i haven't heard kendrick come out with a remix to something or j cole come out with a remix to something like i don't even think it exists anymore but you wanted the 12 inch because you know, I'm watching the video. I'm like, yo, that ain't the version that's on the CD. So that means I got to go buy the 12 inch to get that version. Um, and then coming back, you had Gold Digger and Rampage. Then what I loved about the crossover 12 inch in 92 is they had, I remember 92 is my first year at Morgan. I'm at freshman orientation and someone is banging brothers from Brentwood, Long Island. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because <laughs> that was the B-side the crossover that did not make the album. That was another thing about having to buy the 12-inch because the song that's on the 12-inch may not even make the album. Yep. When I heard Brothers <laughs> from Brentwood, Long Island, I was like, yo, this shit is that. Brothers from Brentwood, Long Island, Brothers from Brentwood. Yep. I was like, yo, these... And then, the, and then the last 12-inch was Headbanger. But I mean, that's one hell of a 12-inch discography right there. You know what I mean? So... We got that. All right, tell me this. Bro, kill real quick. Yo, um, huh? Uh, speaking about your your 12 inch, what you were saying about the 12 inch, just to add on to that, especially since we were talking about Gangstar, even, um, so I watched Premiere on something uh, recently, but even him talking about like, and I forgot about this until he said it, that DeWitt was supposed to be on Daily Operation. Right. Wow. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. Because remember, it came out like when Daily Operation was out right. and yeah. not when uh, Hard to Earn was out. So um, like to your point, it was like, well, you buy Daily Operation, but you want the wick, you gotta go buy the 12 inch. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy to think about that. And it's crazy because the 12 inch used to be an album because one of my old heads was like, yo, kill, you gotta put T. Rock as one of the greatest of C's. I'm like, yo, that nigga don't even got no five mic album. He was like, nigga, he got his yours. Yep. Period. And he was like, you gotta understand, in 1984, Period. a 12-inch, that it's your 12-inch, is the equivalent to what an album is for you young niggas. And I was like, okay, OG, I hear you. Like, I hear you, old man. He was, that nigga looked at me, I thought I was about to get punched in my chest. That nigga said, no. That nigga don't got no five-mic album. That nigga got it's yours, nigga. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but that's just a 12-inch. He was like, nigga, that's all we had at the time. That's all we had was a 12-inch. Niggas wasn't getting album deals in 84, young nigga. He thought, now he mad at me. He like, look, young nigga, niggas wasn't getting no album deals in 84. You got a 12-inch deal. And then you, if the 12-inch did big enough, you got another 12-inch deal. And if that did big enough, then maybe we talk about giving you an album. You know what I mean? He was like, you know, so 12 inches are really that important. And 12 inches, you can live off a 12-inch for six to nine months. 
easily. You know what I mean? When Raw came out, we may have lived off of Raw for fucking eight months just from the door we came right. before we got something else. You yeah. know, so we got in that. Some, so, in some ways, I'm, that's in some ways it's not for for everybody because there's so many rappers, but in some way that still happens. Well, that happens. The it's not the twelve inch, but you have some rappers who will release single after single after single right. after single, and you're like, damn, is there an album coming? And then, right. It never comes. They just releasing singles, right? So it's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so that? fun because I don't know how they release music anymore. You know, you have somebody with the surprise joints that just wow. pop up. You don't have anything about it. Then you'll have like what Kendrick did. He dropped the song, but then that song ain't even on the album. You know what I mean? Right. But then the album's coming. Then you got. You know, I don't even know what they do anymore. Like, I kind of felt that way what you were saying about with Pusha T. Like, okay, we got Diet Coke. Now we got this. Like, okay, what's right. the album company? Like, I'm not. That's old school to me. Where like we, you know, like I'm like, yo, you, you. When you saw the video for Check the Rhyme, you knew in the next two to three months the album was coming. You know what I mean? Like you knew it was coming. Like when you saw the video, you got excited because you knew, okay, the album must be coming if the video came out. Um, tell me this: Who do y'all think was the nicest MC? in the group for me i always thought pmd was the nicest but eric was my favorite like i felt like pmd was better than eric but i always wanted to hear eric i don't know if it was the list i don't know what it was but it was just something about so i felt like pmd was the better mc but my favorite was eric trey what about you who was your favorite mc in the group who was my favorite? Okay. But I'm sorry, I apologize. Who, I apologize. Who, who was the nicest MC in the group? I'm sorry. Okay. Who's the nicest? Now, now, now I'm about to throw another. What, what do you classify as nicest? <laughs> <laughs> which one? Which which one was the doper MC in the group? Because I feel like usually in duos, we're always trying. Not we're trying to find, but there's usually like a, a weaker link. You know, like somebody is better than the other one. Like. You know, somebody may say Black Thought is better than Malik B or Q-Tip is better than Fife. Like, you could say you felt they were equals, you know? It's, you it's, hard, it's hard in this one. I think they just complimented each other so well. And it was different because with, with Eric, I knew I was going to get that, you know, that, that metaphor type situation. But with Paris, it was more so the way he gave, the way he delivered it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was the style in which he delivered it. So both of them together it was like magic you know what i'm saying like I, i'll be honest i have never really and forgive me for saying this I, but other than just like music i've never really desired to hear eric by himself you see what i'm saying because i always thought that them two just complement each other so well you split them up it's it's eh, you know all right, so, so you kind of feel how I feel like about Tech and Steel from Smith and Wesson. I feel like those two yeah. just need they're one voice. Like I don't yeah. even I don't need a Tech solo album. I don't need a Steel solo yeah. album. Like yeah. y'all are just in unison. Okay, so you're for you both of them. They they yeah. just fit. Yeah. All right, yeah. West Coast firm. What about you? Which which MC did you think was the nicest? In in the group, I mean, I I, I think I was I leaned more toward Paris for the most part. Which that's which made everything else odd after that because I, I I was more he was more technically sound than me, right? Um, I, not just what I was into at the time, but like like Trey said, it was such a compliment. They complimented each other so well that you just got you got what you needed from both of them. You got the technically sound guy, then you got the fun guy with the fun bars. You know what I mean? 
and it just bounced off each other perfectly. I mean, that when they split, that shit affected me. It really bothered me a lot. Mm -hmm. I did that the first time. I think I figured out I care because I'm like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. It's funny you say that. That's the first time you figured out, like, yo, I really, I'm invested in this shit. Like, you know, yeah. like. I feel like the EPMD breakup is equivalent to the Lori Harvey Michael Jordan breakup. Like it's like y'all motherfuckers really care that these two broke up, huh? Like this is really trending everywhere. Like and it's like that's what it was when EPMD broke up because it was like, oh, what, what you mean they broke up? Like, like come on, bro. Like what, what what's gonna happen? So, you know what I mean? All right, mm -hmm. all right. So you got PMD, Vague, What about you? Who do you have as the nicest MC in the group? Um, I'm I'm similar to you. I felt like, because I really had to think about it. Um, I felt like Paris was the nicest, um, but I always liked Eric Sermon because it, just like Tracy said, man, it's, they complement each other so well that once you got a dose of one, you were ready for the next one to start rhyming. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. And it, it was, and I agree. When when they split up. Or Eric, it was only the production that, you know, right. made to him. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But with Paris, I was like, damn, did he get worse? Like, I don't... <laughs> what's my... yes. like, I, I, I was just like Vern, man. I, man, you talking about four perfect albums, and then they break up. I was mad as hell. Even when they came back, I was like, I ain't listening to that shit. Like, why you got to do Right. You know that is that's the couple who gets divorced and they get married they get remarried. Like nigga, do y'all really just get a divorce to get remarried again? Like nigga, right, like right. you know what I mean? Um but here's the hard part because I feel like all the times in breakups at the end of the day, that's all we want to do is get y'all back together. You know what I mean? Like when Main Source broke up, it's like, yeah, we wanted to hear Lars. Well, I won't really say Main Source because it really was fuck them two DJs because they really ain't good yeah. shit. But you know what I mean? But I mean, like in terms of like when Brand Nubians broke up, you know what I mean? Like it, it was like I just want y'all to get back together. We can stop this Brand Nubian and, and Pooba. So just get back. We just always want people to get back together. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I feel you. That's why I was like, let's cap this. Let's keep this as a smooth show. Let's let's cap it at pre-breakup albums, you know what I mean? Because I was looking at shit, I'm like, they had business and this and business. They just, they had a that uh, back in business, out of business, we mean business. And I was like, bro, now we, we taking this business shit way too far now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we have to like, we have to like Jane 92. We have to Jane's daughter now. Like, we, we dead all this business and, and Jane's Uh Cal, what about you? Who do you think was the nicest in the group? I'm with you. I think, um, I agree. I think, I think Paris is the nicest, but I, I, I kind of lean towards Eric as far as like to the fun and stuff. Actually, what Trey was saying about, I like music, but I also like hitting switches. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I thought, you know, it was, and I thought kind of like maybe a group held him back a little bit as far as solo goes for him being on his own one to rhyme more because Paris kind of outshined him. So I thought that, um, I like Eric. I, I think I like lean more towards Eric actually. All right. No doubt. And yes, what about you? I got. I, I roll with PMD. Uh, but everything Tracy said is like, fuck. It's on point. On point. Beyond on point. But uh, <laughs> having having the pick, I'm I'm rolling with PMD. I always look forward to when his part came. Ill voice. I like the the slow flow. Uh, you know, of course with Eric, you got all of, like like Tracy said, metaphors and. You know, he was a little more flamboyant with his style. And again, they complimented each other. I mean, better than most to this yes. day. Yes. So 
I mean, but to, for the sake of picking PMB for me. So tell me this. They break up. Eric goes on to have a more successful solo career than Parrish. Why do we think that is? Because I think four of us, four out the six said PMD was the nicest MC in the group. You know what I'm saying? I don't think PMD's albums ever pop like that. You know what he I mean? The, he, he took the music with him. He took the music. That's right. He took the music. Just like when Dre left. Them, them but, but, hold on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because there's a huge controversy over who produced. We're about to get into the top five beats. But it's a lot of controversy over who produced these beats. Now, yeah. again, every album said produced by EPMD. Right. According to Scratch, PMD. Now, keep in mind, EPMD, here's some more history for people watching. EPMD's first DJ was Kayla Balls. Because they actually have a song on here, number nine, called DJ Kayla Balls. Yep. Scratch came on during the second album, during the making of the second album. Right. So Scratch has been around since the second album And Scratch said PMD Made all of EPMD's beats Now the, oh, oh, go ahead Trey What are you going to say? No, 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 I'll let you finish I'll let you finish The only thing that I was going to say is this It's almost like how It's almost how like somebody might say The reason I figured out Tip, Tip was doing the beats for Tribe Was not the documentary it's simply when I heard Ali's solo production and I heard Tip's solo production. And and it was the air test. It's like when basketball players be like, when analysts be like, well, look, at the, look at the stats, look at this, and he's a 30, 80, 40 guy. Nigga, I just look, can you play basketball? I'm old. Can you who? That's all we used to go over back in the day. It's the air test. I heard the shit Ali was doing production-wise, and I heard what Tip was doing, and I said, oh, Tip did all the beats. So it's hard for me to believe that PMD did all these beats on four straight albums that we all just said could have been the best discography ever in hip hop. And now he forgot how to make beats and Eric didn't make any beats. But now Eric is going on to be one of the greatest hip hop producers ever. You know what I mean? That's why it just never sat right with me, because it would just seem like, again, if you made all these beats in Paris, that should be no problem. For you to go on and and make these beats for your album. In fact, the battery should be in your back because it's like a divorce. If you get a divorce, truth be told, don't nobody want when when the next time your wife see you, you want to make sure you fly shit, nigga. You you want to make sure you good. You want to make sure you pull it up, even if you rent something. You want to make sure you look good. So I just would think the battery is in your back, and I felt like when Eric came out with hitting switches, I remember. Kelby, I was in the beers then. Niggas came in with the mixtape we played. I was like, that nigga's back. That shit yeah. hard. Hit the switch on hard. I was like, that's crazy. What are you going to say, Trey? Nah, I was going to say, well, then we, we have to you know, take a deeper dive with regards to production. Mm. Like, is, is production finding the sample? Is, is production doing the drum track? Is production like, we have to break that down. More and more. more. To, yeah, as to, as to, you know, why... Uh, Scratch would say that you know Parrish did the production on the EPMD albums because I kind of tend to believe him because if you listen to Eric's production, his lean more towards the funk. Now I don't know if you heard that in those beginning EPMD albums. It was more sample driven, you know what I'm saying? Whereas Eric started to add you know those other elements, you know what I'm saying? Those overdubs that made it funkier that made it parliament type sounding you know what i'm saying so and then i think he took that with him and moved on 
and 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 and, and began to produce Red Man and began to produce Eric, um um uh, uh what's my name? Uh, Keith Murray. Keith Murray. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that sound was not necessarily EPMD's sound because EPMD's sound was more so sample driven without all of those overdubs. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'll say this. Parrish ain't produced the album that sounds this damn good ever. So if Eric just started producing when EPMD broke up, well, then that nigga need to be a top five producer. Because if you never touched the MP before and the first time you touch it, you make this album, nigga, you win. <laughs> you win. You win. Because you don't go from that's like I ain't never sold a fucking dime bag in my life. The next year I'm fucking fucking Avon Barksdale. Like you, nigga, you won. I think I think I think Eric helped, but he took the change. Like when he began to get into his own bag without having to deal with Parrish, and that's when you saw the full fledged Eric Turner. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, again, it's just from being a producer, it's hard to go from not touching this drum machine to being able to freak this shit to be able to make this. That's the only reason why that's the only reason why I'm always voting. What you said? I said and and that's the thing, I don't believe he never touched the drum machine during that whole time that they were together. Right, right, right. That's why when Scratch is saying that, that I'm like you don't go from fucking not being able to use an MPC or SP12 to making this album. You that that doesn't happen. And if you did, then Eric is the greatest hip hop producer of all time. <laughs> it, it's that simple. You can't go from not. If Vegas has never touched a machine in his life, and this nigga comes in here and sits down and makes this album, nigga, you win. You win. You win. You know, because here's the thing. It's almost just like, and I've always wondered this from Google NCL Smooth. You spent, and, and this is an assumption because I don't know. I don't know if Google and CL were in the studios when Pete and Primo were making those albums. You know what I mean? And maybe they just had no urge to learn it. But it's yeah. just hard for me to believe. Well, not hard for me, but it's just, I guess it's fucked up for me to believe that you happen to be in the studio, both of you, with two of the greatest hip-hop producers ever. And and, and and again, maybe you just didn't have an urge. Maybe you didn't have an urge and you just never want to say, hey, what's that button do over there? But I almost feel like if you've been on tour with this nigga, y'all recorded these albums in D&D, like, nigga, you should be able to see out. You, you got to be able to loop up something, bro. You got to be able to... Like nigga, you gotta be able to do something, but you know, neither here nor there. Well, here's here's one thing that to me is pretty clear, and and brings into question what Scratch says. Um, but what's Parrish's production credits at the EPMD? Because we could name a million Eric Sermon, and they ain't all Death Squad. You right. know what I'm saying? So what's? Yeah. Why wasn't he in demand? You know, if he's producing questions. That's a good question. And like I said, if, if it's like, what would Jay say you made Jay make another Jay? Like, yo, if you made So What You Saying, make another So What You Saying. <laughs> like, if niggas like Kill, you ain't really make that beat on Vague Island for Will Maddox. Nigga, I, you want to make another one in front of you right now? <laughs> like, that's no fucking problem. Like, I could do that for you right now. You want another one? No problem. So that's why I've just always... Uh, me and Lord Triple A always go back and forth on Twitter about that because he swears he'll be like, "No, Scratch said PMD and PMD," and I'm like, "Well, why PMD ain't make no more dope beats?" To me, Man. that says it all. That to me, that just says it all. If Man. you didn't make no more dope beats after the breakup, then how did you make all these dope beats? So Man. that just that just says it to me right there. Like it's it's past opinions. 
like you said, babe, where are PMD's credits? Production credits. Not, not, even, not even just that. He, he, it's like the the drop off of PMD was so drastic and it was fast. He started rhyming different, like instantly, and the shit just was sporadic and fucking weird. And like, like <laughs> it was just. It, it's almost like you know, no disrespect, but it's like we all. Some of us said he was the technically sound one, but at the end of the day, there's no way that Eric didn't carry that fucking group. In my opinion, there's just no fucking way. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna piggyback on Tracy. Maybe the nigga was picking out the records like use this, and then he was yep. stepping the fuck back, yep. and that's what they call production at yep. the time. He wasn't doing that shit. I don't know if Eric Everybody was that went with him fell. Everybody yeah. that went with PMD fell off the fucking map. He had nothing to give him because he wasn't doing the work. That shit is played and, today. And here's the thing. Everybody watching, this is still a salute show. We ain't this nobody. We just have to. We but I just don't want you know I don't want y'all to do no salute show to kill be like well that time that nigga was at the party that nigga left me like I don't want y'all <laughs> doing my salute show like that time that nigga got robbed at Broad Island like whoa well, you know it don't take away from the greatness of EPM no no it doesn't it doesn't but again it just it leads someone to believe that that if some again, these are how the rumors can get started of how, like Vern just said, you take that drastic fall off. Somebody could say, "Damn, was P even writing his rhymes? Writing his oh, own rhymes?" Holy shit! One more thing. Oh. Scratch can lie too, my nigga. Like scratch yeah. a person. Don't, 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 don't get yo, bro. I tell people that all the time. I'll be like, bro, I don't know if you got the new memo. It's this new word that just came out last week called lie. Niggas <laughs> right. yeah. like to do it. Niggas like to do this thing called lying. We we are we have mastered the art of fucking lying. So again, just because someone said, just because Scratch said it, don't mean that that's that that's fact. You nah, know? The, new so. bougie, the new bougie term for lie is changing the narrative. Right. right. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Alternative facts. Right. Alternative facts. So again, I, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, bro. I tell people that all the time. I don't know if you've ever heard this new word. It's called a lie. Niggas do it from time to time. So. That could be it. Kel, what about you? Um, did, did you think, uh, what do you think shifted the break? Like, what, what happened after the breakup? I don't even know. I mean, like everybody said, so it was just, it was just so weird to have, if you have, like, like you said, you, you, you're part of a group to just split and one half does amazing stuff and then the other is just, everything he drops is, what was it, Shady Business? I think it was the name of the album. It was terrible. Shady, yeah. Shady Business. Shady Business, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the first one after they broke up. Yeah, that was. And I think it may go back to what Trey was talking about—the importance of them being a group. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe Eric had, maybe Eric had the better eye for town, so he grabbed Redman. He found Keith Murray. You know, I don't know if PMD may not have had that eye. He may not have been able to be the one to say, "Okay, he kind of got Das and K Solo in the group." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, but it's kind of like. You know, K Soul that spelling shit got played out. You know, after two albums, so that kind of fell off. Iggy Iggy kind of fell off, and by the time Hold It Down came out, I don't even know if Das was still, you know, really with PMD like that no more. So, and I think even I was saying it goes back. They, didn't. they said that they weren't with him. Kind of right. He was right. there. So I, I think a lot of it goes does go back to what Trey said is that they were just the perfect group. 
you know and even though eric had more success it just could have been like them together just you know made great music together and they kind of needed that you know what i mean so you know, uh, i've seen the interviews after you know obviously getting back together i think i'm a dream champ and eric he made he probably hear all this stuff too talking about like paris ain't doing nothing and even he said like oh paris taught me how to produce i don't know if i buy that but he said in an interview and um I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, here's the thing. You know, it's like it's like it's like karate. It's like karate. The guru, you know, the young grasshopper may surpass, you know, the 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 the, the guru or whatever like that. The master, you know. So that could have happened, but again, it's just it's just it's a very strange situation to see. Very see, yeah, it's just very strange to see something like that. I thought it sounded weird. Yeah. All right. Well, since we're talking about beats, what are y'all top five beats from EPMD? Beat wise, I gotta go with so what you're saying. The first, I mean, to this day, that beat still fucks my head up. Like that's one of those beats that if somebody was like, "Yo, remake that beat." I mean, I could do it, but it probably wouldn't sound as good as they did. You know what I mean? So, uh, so what you're saying, the I'm housing remix, the one with the rock steady Aretha sample that just they they let that play out more. Um, I used to, I used to love those twelve inches where people would do that. Same thing with the Buck 'em Down remix. It's the same Donald Byrd Wind Parade sample, but they just let the sample play out more in the remix than they did for the original. Um, Total Chaos. That was the second song off of uh, this. So to go from so what you're saying again, Trey? We talking about? I said EPMD has an art of setting off an album. It's like zero to sixty. Yep. You put this in and you hear so what you're saying, and then it goes straight into Total Chaos. Which at the time was using Impeach the President, which is my favorite sample. I didn't even know what Impeach the President was at the time. I just mm -hmm. total chaos off of this. Again, I'm going back to can't hear nothing but the music. And here's a sleeper, man. Jane, the OG Jane. The first time I heard that with that break, mm -hmm. with the piano, with the, with the Rick James. Da -da -da. I, I mean, Jane to me is just beautiful. So those are my top five beats. So what you're saying, I'm housing the remix, total chaos. Can't hear nothing but the music and Jane Yes, what you got for your top five EPMD beats? I got uh, you guys to chill. Ooh, I got I got the Boondocks. Ooh, um, I got funky piano, but not the the hook portion of the beat. Like whenever it's just whenever the beats just piano. playing, yeah, the piano and stuff. That part of funky piano, I think, is really really dope. Uh, it's my thing. Uh, and the headbanger. That's that's the five I got. Mm. All crazy, man. What about you, Kel? I got so what you're saying, of course, is my top as well. I got got to give the people remix. That they oh, got to give the people remixes. Stupid. Everybody watching, I know we can't get 12 inches. I don't even think they have 12 inches on streaming platforms like that. So go to YouTube, <laughs> put in the EPMD, give the people what they want remix. And I think it's called like. The, Jeep and Parish or the Eric and Parish remix or the Jeep remix or something like that. Please go. Or you could just watch the video. The video is the remix version. So crazy. Um, you got to chill. Like Gans, I got funky piano. Just love that joint. And then headbang. Alright. No doubt, no doubt. Vague, what about you? Um, it's it's difficult to shoot five beats because that <laughs> the production is the main reason why I love VPMD. Yeah. Um, so I got Rampage. I love that beat. Uh, it's my thing. I've always loved that track. 
um, Scratch Bring It Back. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Just the way it starts. Like, that rewind, right. reel, up, reel up, bring it back, re right. yo, that bass. Re oh shit, it's crazy. Um, Gold Digger. Ooh, that's my jam. First right time here. I heard that, I was like, Ooh. oh shit, this, you know, I was going crazy. <laughs> um, and so what you're saying? Yeah, when I when I heard so what you're saying, I was just like. That changed my life, man. It didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it changed my life. It's the next level of hip hop and some shit. So those are my five. And the crazy thing is, it's 1988. Yeah. Like, again, not saying that it's my thing or strictly business. None of those songs sound dated per se, but so what you're saying just still sounds incredible to this day. Like that beat. I remember when um who did that? Beans of Memphis Bleak did that over on um Beans' second album. And even yeah. that. Just hearing again, it just sounds. It, you can't just touch a, that beat. Nobody yeah. should be able allowed to touch that beat. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> they killed yeah, like, you. There's certain people that kill beats, and you shouldn't be able to. That's one of them. Just don't mess with it. Man. The only time that somebody fucked with it and it wasn't bad, and I actually liked it, but it was on the R and B tip. SWV used that guitar lick from the BT Express for "Use Your Heart, Not Your Mind." I forgot. And in the background, you yeah. can faintly hear the doom doom. Don't 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 like. I mean, R&B don't count though. Right, right, right. I know. But I was just saying that that's like one of the that's one of the few times, and I kind of like yo, that's kind of dope because it's R&B and it's it's, it's yeah. in the background faintly. Yeah. They didn't take yeah. Jack the sample. Right, it wasn't right. SWV jacking, you know, fucking um, Ten Crack Commandments. Right. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't that, you know. But it was kind of just like on, on, in the background. Vern, what about you? Uh, top five beats. <clears throat> I got shit. Uh, so what you saying, of course, Headbanger, Hardcore, Rampage, and Crossover. Ooh. And I don't mention, man, I like that Richter scale. I know we said we weren't going past the four albums, but I was listening to that Richter scale today, and I, I love that shit. Nah, yeah, that, scale, that, shit. that shit is hard. That shit is hard. In that new yeah. symphony they had, I think on the album after that was hard, too. The symphony. Yeah, symphony yeah. 2000? Yeah. yeah, that shit was hard, too. Yeah, you know I mean that beat was crazy. Trey, what about you, oh, good brother? Oh, what are you gonna say, Vern? Never seen before a remix. You that was hard yeah. too. And here's yeah. the thing too, in doing research for this show, looking at those albums back in business, out of business, and we mean business, Eric produced the bulk of those albums. So it's not like PMD got back in pocket and was like, yo, okay, let's split the production down the middle. Like Eric did the bulk of that, but neither here nor there. Trey, what about you, good brother? Who are your top five EPMD beats? Um, since everybody kind of mentioned Rampage, I'm gonna say so what you're saying. Let's just get that out the way, right? Right. Since everybody yeah. mentioned the Rampage, I'm gonna say your customer. That's my joint. Get down, get in. Yo, bro. Like slipping, slipping. Get down. One of the things that I loved about production back in those days is they were able to take pieces of different songs and make mm -hmm. them feel like they all fit together. Because you're taking Top, you're taking the Steve Miller band, and you're taking. um. I don't know where to get down, get down comes from, but you taking three totally different songs from three totally different genres and made them sound as if it's just one flawless song. Dodo, mm -hmm. Dodo, come on, man. Right. That bass line is forever. Any MC can kill yeah. that. 
any MC yeah. is wide open, you can kill that. If you're an MC, you're supposed to kill it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so what you said, you're a customer. Rap is out of control. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm mad. Mm. And mm. Please, 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 please listen to my demo. That shit is so smooth, man. That, that thing is so smooth, man. And the crazy thing was, it was a dope ass story too. Man, listen, yeah. no drums. You know what I mean? Talking about these kids, talking about they don't use no drums, no drums. Yeah, right. No drums. Yeah. Beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Um, tell me this: what would is? Let me talk about some of the accolades I want to talk about about EPMD that I don't think they get enough credit for. Number one, and um, Vern said it himself, um, which was perfect was these dudes were going gold in 88. I remember hearing so what you're saying and he said and 30 days later the LP went gold so what you're saying and I remember not knowing what the hell that meant because it's 1988 I don't know nothing about record sales and gold and platinum and none of that stuff and my mom was like oh no that means you sold 500,000 records now at the time I'm a young boy I don't know nothing I'm thinking everybody loves hip hop I'm thinking everybody selling 500,000 records right, right, right. but to be able to be going gold in 1988 like that's a huge accomplishment you know what I mean like that's huge you know what I mean Let and, and, and for somebody who may not understand let me explain to you like this Gangstar didn't go gold until Moment of Truth in 1997 so Gangstar I didn't know that. So Gangstar, whose first album, No More Mr. Nice Guy, dropped in 1988, it almost took them a decade to go gold. Facts. Think about that. Gangstar, one of the, it's my personal number two favorite group ever. I don't think anybody could debate that Gangstar is one of the greatest hip hop groups ever. It took them 10 years to go gold. Think about all the bangers they got, Mass Appeal, Dwick, all of that shit. And EPMD went gold in 1988 on an independent record label, Sleeping Bag Records. That right there in itself is an incredible accomplishment. People know me. The only time I use record sales is at the end of an argument. I'm never going to be like, oh, you should like such and such because they went gold and they went play. If I do bring it up, it's going to be like the end. Like, I don't even give a fuck. But that's a huge accomplishment, too. They put together the Hit Squad, one of the dopest hip-hop crews of all time. Like, these dudes found Dice Effects. You know, now I understand now DOS Effects, people have jumped on this time machine called Twitter and went back in time and made DOS Effects a one hit wonder and all they had was day one effects and bro, Vic, you know how many people I see calling DOS Effects a one hit wonder? <laughs> what? You, what bro, yes. This what? is why I call Twitter a fucked up time machine. Niggas are like DOS Effects is a one hit wonder and it's like How? Bro, are they all are they on age? How? No, no, no. Here's the thing. Though. Here's the ba- here's the bad part. Here's the bad part about media. How? When when Yen said he went to the record store and the <laughs> DJ played him the twelve inch, we grew up in an era where if you were if you worked at the record store, you were a hip hop head. I can remember going to the record store at Bournemouth and talking to the guy like, "Yo, I got some money. I only got money for one album." I remember Joe C's third album came out and Jasmine <laughs> Tans two was out. And I was like, which one should I get? He's like, well, hip hop or RB. Like, you could have a discussion with the people who worked at the record stores because the people who worked at the record stores were heads. They were hip hop heads. I'll never forget it. When I went to Sam Goody 
in the gallery mall in 1996 after it was written drop and i asked for mop and the girl behind the counter said you want to hear an album from mop that's when i knew right there that the whole wow. game had changed she said you want an album from mop and i was just mop. like oh shit, the game's dead the game's hey, look, we can wrap this up. i heard somebody say queen Monkeys instead of, of kwame queen queen they got no. this new queen out <laughs> So, so, so even when people talk about the A and R's, I'm always telling people the A and R's in my day were the shit. They were the gatekeepers. Yeah, they were gatekeepers. They were gatekeepers. But here's the right. thing: that word now is used in a negative light. It's no, like you OGs are gatekeepers. You don't want to mm -hmm. let us live. No, the A and R's kept that whack shit. Out of the industry. Right. So when you talk about Dante Ross, who's a white boy, and it goes back to why I I, I don't believe white folk are guessing hip hop. Dante Ross signed Pete Rock and Sale Smooth, signed Naughty by Nature, signed De La Soul, signed KMD, signed Lisa the New School. So these A and R's, Rick Rubin, hello. Yeah, hello. Right. I mean, right. But again, Ad Rock White is the one who said, "Yo, Rick, you should listen to this kid LL Cool J's demo." Hello. So again, the A and R's were people who loved the music. The people who wrote for the source loved the music. So I'm saying all that to say, Ron, to your point of are they our peers? So many of these people are kids. These people, I always tell people, if you want to do anything hip hop, if you want to start a, a blog, a label, a website, a channel, if you don't have somebody 48 or older, or at least 45, I'll, I'll start with 45. If you don't have somebody 45 or older on your team, your shit is not going to be dope because somebody is going to stop that bullshit Rolling Stone article that I don't want to give no more than 20 seconds to talk about. Is, is that if somebody over 45 was there, they would have stopped. Don't stop press. Don't hit. Don't you hit. Don't you hit. Um, uh, what, what, what do you hit? Make it live. Don't you make that shit live. No, 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 no. We bring that back, bro. We bring that back. Bring that back. Come on, right. Come on back here. Yeah, don't hit sin. We are not that. Do not upload. Do not upload that. We gonna figure this out. All I needed to see was the first ten, and I was out. I was right, gone. but but the whole but the whole premise of Burn to answer your question, they're not our age. They don't know anything about it. So what they're doing is, you know, they're googling it. They're YouTubing something. You know, and and, and here's the thing: you gotta at least have an OG as a consultant. You gotta be able to be like, yo, call kill. That nigga, we pay that nigga fucking two G's a month just to kind of answer questions for us. Call him and see if that that's legit right there. But so yes, babe, people do look at Das as a one hit wonder. But I'm, I'm, I understand I'm that at that time, Das was, was mind blowing. I just was talking about this on the last show. Das was the people who had people wearing fatigues, not the boot camp click. Das was wearing fatigues two, three years before the boot camp click. So again. Even those narratives get changed because, like, oh, the boot camp click brought in fatigues. No, Das was rocking fatigues when I was still in high school. Boot camp click ain't come till I was a sophomore at Morgan. Like, they, they, they inspired Onyx. If I don't know if y'all heard that 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 talk, but they inspired Onyx. Like, they was the ones, and you know, they they won't say Onyx is a one hit wonder, but you know, what I'm saying if you looking at inspiration, Das is the one that inspired them. But here's the thing, Trey. I've heard people call Onyx a one hit wonder. Because oh, some of these, no. because some of these folks, again, you got you got to look at the new generation. They're just looking at numbers. So when somebody who is not into hip hop looks at Onyx, they're gonna see Slam was their big hit. Did anything ever match 
because Slam was everywhere. Slam was on MTV. Right, Slam, right. Slam had white folk all across the country. Slam. So they're gonna look at Slam and then they're gonna say, did they ever have anything as big as Slam again? The answer I mean, so is no. Who ever has anything as big as their top hit? No, no, no. Right. Trey, right. I agree with you, but I'm just saying, an outsider looking in, this is how they're gonna define it. So for me, I hated Slam. So I don't even give a fuck about slam. Yeah, I don't my regular choice guns in the air, and, you know. <laughs> and if you and if you're asking me that they have a song bigger than slam, I'm gonna say Last Days is bigger than slam. But again, yeah. these people aren't looking at mix shows; they're just looking at numbers. People have said Biz is a one-hit wonder. Oh, or man. you know just what? That's you just get up, man. Crazy, crazy. How? 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 Because how? again, they're just looking at numbers. What was Biz's biggest song? Just, just a friend. friend. Did he ever have anything that was bigger than just a friend? No. And so you're see, a one-hit wonder. Kill, hold on, hold on. What's up? That means you had to be outside, man. If you wasn't outside, you, you had to work. No, 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 no. But again, Trey, if you're just looking at it from a number standpoint, if you're just looking at it, and this is what they're doing. They're just looking at the charts and saying, so to me, if you tell me this is a one-hit wonder, I'm going to be like, this is a five-mic album. What are you talking about? One hit, one, and this was two, and this was two albums before Just a Friend. Yes, but again, yes. there's no numbers on here. There's no chart topping. Okay. You was on MTV on here, so that's the problem. What are you gonna say, Vic? So we explained what the whole hip hop Twitter podcast is about. Right. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not on it enough. <laughs> To see all this shit. Oh, right, me either. I think there's an element of timeline. Yeah, I think there's an element of not just youth. And no, I'm respectfully, no disrespect. I don't know. Don't put that disclaimer out there. Just say it, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 take, I'll take the heat. Your biggest. I'll take the heat. Trey ain't on Twitter half the time. Trey gonna take oh, the heat. Trey, Trey yeah, your right, cousin. Right. Trey, your cousin from Uptown who come down Southwest, <laughs> starting fights, and then go back the home. You don't come back to follow me. After they shot your house up. I'm about to take the hit. I take the hit, man. Nigga, Auntie gave me got you on Sunday. Ain't bring you back for six months, nigga. I'll be getting my ass whooped down here. With all the shit you was talking. What you gotta say, man? You you gonna take the heat for all of it. Um I'm good, man, bro. My timeline is a hot helmet. I love it though. I love it. I love it. It's a hot helmet, man. Kill lift that. Kill lift. Honestly, look, I'm gonna just say like this, man, because I've been counting some of these cats. Uh, from time to time, and you see what happens with them, with me, I just kind of end that shit quickly. But if Moment of Truth, Illmatic just came out in your country, man, shut the fuck up and let us talk. This right. is our music. Right. You just got the album that we right. got 20 years ago, man. Right. right. And you here with us, you, right. you coming from a totally different perspective than we right. are. Right. You know, we've been gobbling up this shit forever. So we have a way broader palette for yep. hip hop. Yep. And every, you know, and every facet of it. Yep. So when people say shit like that, right? If they wanted to for let's go with their logic, right? For sales. Right? So Biz biggest song was um uh Just Just a friend. Friend. Well, how do they feel about Ill Man? Mm. That shit didn't go platinum right. a couple years ago. But again, but again, it's kind of like what we said. And again, y'all know me. Everybody has a different definition for the same words. You know what I mean? To me, a one-hit wonder is Millie Vanilli. What girl you know is true. 
is color me bad with girls sex me up you can't have a five mic classic album and be a one-hit wonder you know what i mean just in my opinion you can't now if somebody else if you again so all that to say that epmd found dots you know what i mean who at that time was crazy the whole iggy style changed all of hip-hop people shooting their videos in the source all kinds of shit, you know just changed the game then not only that then they found redman and I'll never forget my old head Walt used to live across the street from me. He was dating Kiara Mayo, who was like the editor at the source at the time. And he was like, "Bro, I'm gonna tell you about this new group, this new dude that EPMD found called Redman." And I was like, "Is he better than Dots?" And my man said, "Fuck you!" Yeah. And I said, "Nah, I don't believe you, nigga. Ain't nobody better." Dots. Like that's how big Dots was at that time. That I was like, "Nigga, nah, I don't know. He's better than Dots, nigga. Get fuck out of here." Then you got Redman, and it's like, yo. <laughs> this dude is Redman. Like we're still waiting for a fucking um, uh, what, what's the album we've been waiting Money for forty years? Money yeah, Money Wars too. Like every every year he drops one song and he's like, I'm coming. It's like it never got. But we're one still of so the most influential MCs in my career, and I'm right. not ashamed to say it. Like yes, I mimic that dude at a time. Absolutely. So again, so you got Dash, you got Redman. I know K Solo style was the spell, not the most greatest style in the world, but it worked at the time. I don't care. You rock Spellbound. You rock Your Moms Is In My Business. You rock Fugitive. Very dope solo album. I think it's a very slept on solo album. And then and then even after that, now you got uh, Keith Murray. You got Eric bringing in Keith Murray, you know, which the most beautifulest thing was just crazy. I, I'll never forget, was it hardcore? He's in the video with the razor blade under his tongue. Like, Keith Murray was just an ill dude. So, again, not only the accolades of Going Gold in 1988, coming up with you know uh one of the dopest hip-hop crews ever just some accolades because i don't see an epmd getting a lot of love on the top you know i always hear about outcast we always hear about tribe i don't even see gangstar epmd getting a lot of love like that out here in these streets you know primo will get love of course for the beats but just as a whole i don't think like these groups are getting enough love like that so tell me this is epmd a top five hip-hop Group or duo. Number one, how do y'all see them? I see them as a group. To me, you're either an MC or you're a group. <laughs> now, I've heard some people say you're a duo if two people rhyme. So my beat will well, be yes, a duo. You see me, right? But I, I hey, know, I'm right Gang Star would be a group because only Google raps and for me, I'm like, see, that's too much long algebra, nigga. I'm I'm 48. They a group. So is EPD a top five group ever? Yes, for me they are. Um, I got Outcast. Uh, Gangstar, Tribe, and EPMD is kind of number four for me as greatest hip hop groups ever. Trey, what about you? Oh man, emphatically, they're, 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 and 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 for me, I don't know if I'm the resident OG in this in this talk, but and 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 we talking about the reason why I think they get faded out is just like all the other OGs in hip hop that really catapulted where we are right now. Um, um, with regards to MCs and groups get faded out as time goes on because I don't hear enough love for Run DMC and Run DMC started all of this that's, that's true commercialism able to get a bag from corporations and all of that they started all of that and you don't St never hear stadiums they started stadiums, stadiums. Sta Wembley Stadium Wembley Stadium are you right Come on, man. Knock it. Yo, man. See, this is why we need gatekeepers. This is why we need historians, educators, and things like that. Because 
there's not enough people out here that can give the right and put everything in the right context for these youngins. That's how they begin to slip and start and don't know nothing. So back to the to, to, to the to the topic at hand. Absolutely, EPMD. It's it's Run DMC, EPMD, Outcast for me. However you want to flip that, bounce that. You know what I'm saying? It whatever. But you know you you can't have a conversation about all time groups without mentioning top five on to all time groups without mentioning EPMD. Period. You're right. You're right. And that's a, and that's a huge point on Run DMC because you're right. They don't get. I don't see anybody. It's ridiculous. Talk it's about ridiculous. Run or D it's on ridiculous. the timeline. Um, who have a three album run it's that ridiculous. is one of the greatest three album runs in hip hop history. Being in movies with Crush Groove. So, like you said, just being able to get the bag. These niggas had. We have to do a Run DMC salute show so that people can understand. You know, these niggas had their own line with Adidas. Like, nigga. Like, yo, it's, it's it's insulting. It's embarrassing. It, it's shameful. Uh, any word you can kind of think. It's terrible, yo. It's I can't. Be, I'm sitting up here. I can't believe I'm saying this because it shouldn't. It this is one of those things that shouldn't even have to be mentioned. Nigga, right. you talk about right. groups and monumental. Nigga, monumental. But they don't. I don't understand, man. And they'll call yeah. them motherfuckers one hit wonders. Shit. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> Nah. Hey, I'll yeah. be up here, Yentz, and I'll be up here like, how? 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 <laughs> nah, I feel you. I feel you. West Coast Burn, what about you? Is EPMD a top five hip-hop group ever? I think maybe the shit, definitely. Uh, yeah, like maybe the second. After Run DMC, I think they're probably the most uh, uh, deserving of that second spot. But hands down. Hands no down. down. No doubt. Fact. Vague, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally agree. I, I always feel that way about EPMD. Um, a lot of times, like Trey said, man, you people talk about groups and you almost never hear anybody say Run DMC. And I get offended by that shit. Because yeah, I'm like, that shit. like if y'all y'all want to talk success, right? Y'all want to talk bars and shit? You want to just talk success? I mean, they had a shoot there. Well, Yo, here's the thing. This is what I was looking for. This is what I was looking for. Y'all know me. I always keep a, a book on hand. This was the Run DMC line mm. right there. They had Adidas their own Eldorado, line of sneakers. That El Dorado. Yeah. You know, favorite old one. And, 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 and yeah. then I remember I'm having this poster here. right here. I'm, I'm touching the wrong place. <laughs> having that poster in my room. I mean, these dudes. If you see, if you can try and zoom in on this, these dudes had their own shirts. Remember that? Right. Yeah. Right. had to run these yep. shirts. Yeah. You know these dudes. You talking about the Yeezys, nigga? These are the OG Yeezys right here. This is <laughs> this is these dudes with their own sneaker, and this is 1989. You know what I mean? So yeah. that right there is crazy within itself. But yeah, we we definitely gonna do a show. We gotta um, do a show now. Yeah, this we is, definitely gonna do a show. And, and and this is from where Madison Square Garden, where they told people to put put their Adidas in there. Yeah, they got their deal with Adidas from Madison Square Garden. So, all right, no doubt. Uh, so, vague, you said yes, right? Or or you were still going about run? No, yeah, yeah, no. To top five for sure for EPMD. I mean, when you look at their four album run, you look at their yeah. four album run alone. At the time they did it, I mean, it's it. You could look at other groups and it gets spotty, right? Like I like Mob Deep, but 
you got to count Juvenile Hell, right? Like right. so, EP, the production, them as a duo, you know what I'm saying? Some of the shit they were even talking about, like you said, they're talking about record sales in a way that most rappers weren't, you know, except for you maybe- You could talk about record sales in 88 because nobody was selling no records. Like, right, that's right. He, like, nobody else was talking about I went gold. Like, I don't even know Pay the Fool went gold. I don't know Criminal Minded went gold. Right. Four times straight. At least yeah, go. Like, At least yeah, so, go. Yeah, that, so that was one of the main yeah, reasons bro. nobody was talking about record sales because nobody had nobody had that on they on they on they shirt no stripes on they shirt to even right. say like right. I went gold like I said I had to be like yo you went gold what the fuck do that mean I'm thinking they bought a gold no. chain or some shit like I don't know what that gold. means in thirty days you went gold what you know so I don't yeah. know, I gotta look up to see if any other group I know DMX went on the run like I don't know nobody else that did fall to track oh on the road yeah DMX yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Run DMC did too, but yeah, but, but that's you know, but you talking about upper echelon, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, the average the average group is not doing that. They're not doing. I mean, that. Trey, I don't know if he was on here early. I was saying one of the things that's so important: the average group that came out in 1987 didn't have four albums. Facts. The average group in 1990 didn't have four albums. Right. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> The fact that you not only got four albums, but that all four albums was dope, and they were getting jumping from labels because they came out on Sleeping Bag Fresh on the first two albums. Right. By the third album, Def Jam brought out their yeah. contract, so now they're on yeah. Def Jam. Def you know what I mean? Thousands ain't getting four albums. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean when you look at the '90s, there were a lot of great singles right. in the '90s that right. never amounted to actual albums. So right. if right. you wanted. If you wanted to call trends of culture a one-hit wonder, I'm not really mad at that because right. off and all was really right. all they had. Like the album wasn't that great. I didn't even if know you want to call. Album. If you want to call, yeah, they did have an album. Yeah, another want, song. I can't no think of it. No, 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 that's no disrespect. Yeah. But I mean, but again, this is what I'm just saying. Blase, blase. They gave out a lot of single deals. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like the song was incredible album not so much you know what i mean so if you want to call them one hit wonders i feel you because they had a song so and i'm, I'm not saying this as any disrespect to any of those groups i'm just trying to help people understand the temperature that was outside at that time that you could have a smash song but maybe not be able to create a good album because trends of culture never got a second album right you know what i mean i don't think blase blase got a second album the bookie monsters i think they got a second album but they were kind of somewhere lost in the sauce so it's just the fact that you got four albums in 88 to 92 from me going into high school to me being a freshman and you were the shit for those entire four years says a lot. You're not going to find a lot of people who are going to be able to say that I stayed on top. And on top of the game, when Crossover came out, EPMD was still at the top of the game, if not at oh, the highest point the highest of the game. game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're not going to find a lot of people who did that. Like, you know, maybe another artist got to their fourth album. They're still buzzing in the streets, but Crossover was everywhere. That was on MTV. That was, and I think they've talked about how it's crazy. Our biggest song is talking about the radio and how <laughs> right. we don't want to crossover. Yeah, we and you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. So, Cal, what about you? Top five group ever? Top five group. Definitely. Of course, I'm point. So, you know, Monday is my first, but EPMD, PE, Tribe, Mob. But yeah, EPMD. Is, I mean, they're like you said, their four, four album run is, is unquestionable. You can't, you can't deny it. Yeah. Yes. Can y'all see that? 
Looks like I actually wrote something. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Top. Get right there with Run DMC, Public Enemy, EPMD, Gangstar, all of that. Yes. That's, that's top. Top of the top. Yeah. Matter of fact, Run DMC, just for a little bit since we brought him up, Run DMC transcends this shit. You ain't run run Thank DMC. You. Thank you. Is the is the top of the top. It's the top know, of the top. There's no, there's no there's debate. The greatest, you can't debate. The greatest group ever. Everybody yeah. learned their stage yeah. presence from running D, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, no, no, you can't. Them, them dudes is just, they there. Way up there. Yeah. But I think it's the Trey's point that for them to be way up there, they should be talked about, period. <laughs> We're not even talking about being talked about more. They're not even talking about so it's well, like, it depends on who you're talking to like if it was if the timeline consisted of this group of cats right here you would hear i mean I'm you would hear the i'm at fault at this i don't talk about run dmc as <laughs> much listen, as i should listen, like just keep it in a buck i'll be honest with you i don't do it enough yo, and now yo, after hearing this i need to talk about yo, them more yo but to your point for them to be so big it shouldn't be that it should be automatic it should be all like as soon as you start talking hip-hop groups especially yep automatic. first first thing out your mouth right yep no doubt yeah it's funny i was gonna say they just played they just played kansas state university running deep right um, look at that so like a couple months ago Thirty thousand people. I mean, they still they still doing it. They still they still killing it. Tore that shit down off a of back catalog. Yeah, off a of back catalog. Still, they still, they still I, I, I think what a lot of it may be is that a lot of people who are our age aren't active on social media. That's a fact. So I think I think that's one. I think that's one piece that's right there. A lot of folk aren't very active. Like Trey and Vague say, pop in from time to time, but most people our age aren't every day in the trenches I, I just live on twitter that's just like cheers to me because it's the only place i can go and talk about everything the fuck out i can talk about sneakers records beats beards basketball like this is cheers to me like i don't have anybody else it's a one-stop shop just like going to target for me i can talk about every goddamn thing but it's not enough of us that are on twitter who then and, and when people are like yo how do you put up with these people how do you talk with them it's only the educator in me from working with my hard head teens that I'm trying to teach. It's like the teacher in me. It's like, I want I want to get through to you because if, if we don't, then Run DMC disappears. Like that's the problem. If we don't teach this next generation, then these people that we're talking about do not exist because now we see that they change history. Das is a one hit wonder. Somebody, I'm gonna get you Trey. Somebody okay. sent me something and they said, kill, look at this. And it was like something about True TV is doing the origins of hip hop, and it's like <laughs> Fat Joe. Um, and, yeah, the origins of hip hop is Fat Joe, Eve, Little John, uh, uh, Nelly. It was how how. And one of my people's guy. Oh man! It was like, but kill what you mad at? Like all these niggas is of age, and I said, well, bro, the reason why I'm mad is because listen to the word, the origin. As much as I love Fat Joe, he is not the origin of hip hop. So what happens is, so when a kid is like, hey, I really want to learn about hip hop, I'm going to watch the origins of hip hop, and he's going to see 
Eve, who I love from Philly, but not an origin of hip hop. Fat Joe, who I love, but not the origin of hip hop. That's the problem. If you're going to call the show the origin of hip hop, then you have to start with the beginning. So that's the problem that there's not a, again, all of these shows, because whoever is there can't be over 45, because somebody would have been like, we can't call it that. You said two TVs soon I mean, I don't know who it is. It, it's some, it, just put in Origins of Hip Hop TV, and I'm sure it will pop up. But right. the problem is, is you can't call something the origin of hip hop. And me and my man are going back and forth. And I said, bro, origin means the beginning. So if I'm reading a back, back story on the origin of Batman, it's going to start with him and his parents being murdered. That's the origin. It's not going to start with him meeting Robin. It's not going to start with him meeting the fucking Joker. It's going to start from the beginning. Y'all are starting this story with Fat Joe who came out in 1991. That's not that's so far from the origin. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, so they so using they using Fat Joe as a, 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 a starting place or as Fat Joe I just you, these are the people to speak on. These are the, on I don't I don't know, but these okay, are the okay. people who may, and maybe you know what even if these are the people that they're getting to speak on it, fuck that. Because Kaz is around. Flash is still alive. Are these people right. dead? Right. To me, if these people aren't dead, then you should be going to them. And guess what? If they're dead, then who came after Kaz? Modi, he's still alive. Then go to Modi. Modi's dead. Oh, who's next? Go to LL. If LL's dead, then so there's still a family tree that we got to go through before we get the fucking fat joke. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you're so, right. You're right. You're right. We got to go through before we get the fat joke. What's up, Trey? So I just want to say I, I, I want all of you brothers to please like. Take care of your, yourselves, like watch your diets, get the colonic, all of that, right? Because I need y'all around, right? Because if we not around, then we can't tell a real story. You understand right, what I'm saying? Right, Going back right. to what you said, kid. You right. know what I mean? Like, these people are still walking this earth, but yet, not only are, you know, it, it, the whole fact is it, 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 either you don't know or it's intentional. Right. As to why you're not right. getting the origin of the culture, you know what I'm saying? They want to create a new narrative for this thing, you know what I'm saying? Because they want to base it around money and record sales and all that other kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when we start talking about not being present on on present online, it's not just not being present online. We're not present in the classroom. We're not present at. At, 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 at uh, uh, what was the name of that magazine that did that awful top 100? Bro, We're not so. present there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're not present in any of these spaces that disseminate information that give these kids the real historical aspect of the culture. And so what it is, too, Trey. Take care of yourselves, fellas. Take care of yourselves. We got to start no spaces. No you know what I'm saying? No doubt. And the thing is, Trey, is like, the thing is, is when we growing up in Philly, I'm sure it's like this in every place. In Philly, your old head's job was to school you. That's right. You know what I mean? My old head, when I pull up, I went open my girl's door. My man Artie was like, yo, come here, man. He was like, yo, man, open your fucking girlfriend's door, man. Well, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, they were there to school you. So, again, I feel like some of us old, old heads and us OGs, you know, we get into that habit of, man, fuck that. Like, I was talking to you yes about, I want this to be a teaching place. I want people to be able to come on the apartment 5B, say, I don't know shit about EPMD, and walk away like, okay, I know what album I should start with. I know what songs I should look for. I want this to be the springboard. This is the GPS of where you, you don't know where to start with. Come check us out. We're going to lead you on that way. And that's what we have to do. Because here's the thing. I make all my decisions off of goals. 
It's not based off of what I wanted. It's what's the goal. And if we want the goal, if I want to make more money at work, then guess what? When they call me on the weekends, kill, you want to work? Yes. Yes, I want to work. <laughs> you know, yes, I will do that because then that's I start seeing promotions. When I started losing weight, you want to go to Cold Stone? No, <laughs> I don't need to go to Cold Stone. That is not helping my goal. I want to go, but I'm not going to go. So if the goal is to make sure that our culture is passed down from generation to generation, we're going to have to do some things we don't want to do. We're going to have to talk to some motherfuckers who are ignorant. We're going to have to talk to some of these people who may buck back at you. I'm shocked at how many young people watch this show. I'm shocked at how many young people follow me. That's but I really believe, but I think it's because I'm always taking these times to be like, nigga, I, it's almost awesome. Not, it's almost like y'all don't know what you do. Like when Jesus got, 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 you know, strung up on the cross. And I'm not saying I'm Jesus, please. Nobody go there. I'm just saying that it's, it's the example of how, how Jesus was like, they don't know what they do. They don't you know, know that, that's my attitude. Y'all don't. Yeah. And again, it's easier for me because I'm every day for 22 years in the worst hoods in D.C. talking to kids, trying to get them to stop doing dumb shit. So talking on Twitter to some nigga who said N.O.G. is whack, nigga, that ain't shit to me, nigga. I just had to top stop two <laughs> niggas from killing themselves in Southeast. So explaining to this nigga over here, N.O.G. Is, is, isn't whack. It's like a, a walk in the park for me. So that's why it's never no people like kill. You got the patience of Job, nigga. Do you know what I do for a living? <laughs> like so, trying right. to convince somebody EPMD is dope ain't shit compared to what my man just got shot twice in his head two weeks, and this nigga called me the other day like nigga come see me in the hospital. Going to see this nigga in the hospital was the hardest thing I had to fucking do. So coming on Twitter and convincing somebody that Run DMC is is a, our legends, man. This is a vacation from what I have to do every day. What are we gonna say, Vag? I was gonna say one piece of media that's good for anybody who wants to learn the, the origins of hip hop is um, the evolution of hip hop on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, they literally track beat for beat the origins of hip hop, yeah. and they go from every region. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They, they yeah. it, it's excellent. You know, it's excellent yeah. journalism, yeah. and um, it's it's the best way to me because I had to. This dude had asked me about that before. He was like, you know, I know I know a little bit about hip hop, uh, but you know, where, what could I, or what should I listen to and shit like that? You know, niggas like us, we like nigga, shit. I <laughs> <laughs> know, like, you don't have enough time for me to tell you everything. Uh -huh. right? But I always point people to that because. I watched it, you know, we, we had, so we looking like, yeah, they gonna have Grandmaster. Right. Okay. Like Grandmaster Cass, okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. When they went to Philly and they got a, um, damn, why? Schooly D. Schooly D. I didn't even know the brother was still here with us. That was the first <laughs> time I seen him in years. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he looked, he looked good. He's still looking yeah. up. And, he, and he's 60. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. So I, I think like, pointing people to that if you don't have the time to explain everything it's like the perfect run through of the the history of hip-hop where at least you can come out informed in some way shape or form and even when you go press play on the music now you have the context to say oh now i see why this was so hot back then. Mm -hmm. right Right. And the thing is also changing the mindset because what our what the younger generation likes to do is they like to watch the evolution of hip hop and then come tell you what the fuck is going on. <laughs> That's the problem. Like whereas me, I watch the temptations, then I call my mom like with a million questions. I don't call her like, yeah, I bet you ain't no David Ruffin. Da, 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 da. It's like, no, well, did this happen? Or did that and I'm always telling people it's great that y'all read books. I applaud y'all. It's great that you'll watch the documentaries. Then you need to come talk to an OG. 
Yep. Right. And then that completes the cipher. But reading a book, yeah, for context. But reading the book and then coming on the Twitter to challenge the OG, that that's not it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that. that's not that. Like, I would never call my mother like trying to school her on the Marvelettes or you don't know shit about Smokey Robinson, nigga. She lived through it. Yes, she does. So again, it's like that's the partnership of the two. Read the book, read the documentary, then complete the cipher by getting with your old head. Yeah, we we got to do something like that. Um, so that so yo, tell me this: you got a mixtape, twelve EPMD songs. What's making your mixtape? I got strictly business. You got to chill. It's my thing. Witch is saying total chaos. Please listen to my demo. Gold digger crossover headbanger. Give the people what they want. The remix. The first Jane. Not mad. Those are my twelve joints that got to make my EPMD mixtape. Um, yes, what you got for your EPMD mixtape, man? All right, we're gonna go with uh, start off with Boondocks. Mm. Then we're gonna go to the brothers on my jock. Then we're going to go to Strictly Snapping Next. Then we're going to go to I'm Housing. Mm. Then we're going to go to So What You're Saying. Then we're going to go to Rampage. Then we're going to go to You Gots to Chill. Then we're going to go to Headbanger. Then we're going to go to Hardcore. Ooh. Then we're going to go Then we're gonna go to It's My Thing. Then uh, Can't Hear Nothing But The Music. And last, mm. Underground. Underground's the last joint. Mm. Tell me this. Did y'all, when y'all heard Headbanger, were y'all like, why ain't Doss on this? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, I always yeah. wonder why. I always yeah. wonder why they were on the joint coming, humming, coming at you. Coming at you, but yeah. Then they weren't on Headbanger since it was a hit squad posse cut. Um, you, you know what? I mean, I loosely remember this because I was the same way. I was like, I'm going to find the answer to this shit. Because it didn't make sense. They was in the right. video. <laughs> and. I think I think it was in an article, maybe in the source, where uh, either they they weren't signed yet or something something yeah. about not being a part of they wasn't there yet like yet that yeah when they recorded that uh, I think that was okay. Yep. Yep. okay but it was disappointing because I was like damn just make a remix and put them on the right humming <laughs> humming coming at you was hard too yeah. yeah Oh, yeah, no mm-hmm. that, that was hard too. Uh, Cal, what you got for your mixtape? I got so what you're saying, rampage, headbanger, <clears throat> strictly business, big payback. It's my thing. Got to get the people uh, remix. Uh, hardcore. I'm mad. Punky piano and knickknack paddywhack. Mm-hmm. Knickknack paddywhack. That was that joint right there. <laughs> yeah, that was that joint right there. <laughs> That piano joint. Uh, Babe, what you got for yours? Um, I just pulled from the album. So, Strictly Business, It's My Thing, You Got to Chill, So What You Saying, Please Listen to My Demo. Um, I actually also had Jane, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, Headbanger, Scratch, Bring It Back, Crossover, Hardcore, Rampage, and uh, Gold Digger. All right. All right. What about you, Var? I have crossover. So what you saying? You got to chill, gold digger, rampage. Please listen to my demo. I'm housing, airbanger. It's my thing, and uh, get the people. Yeah. Great. Yeah. What about you? So what you saying? You're a customer. 
Rampage. Rap is out of control. I'm mad. Please listen to my demo. You got to chill. Gold digger. Crossover. Headbanger. Knickknack Paddywhack. And Jane 3. Mm. This dude did Jane 3. Three. <laughs> Yo, PMG said, put off that mustache, grab that ass, and I up there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yo, here's a a question I want to ask you. I'm going to talk about a couple of things and give you all a second to think about this. I want to start doing these for the Salute Show, too. If you could ask EPMD one question, what would it be? So think about that for for a second. And I I got some other things I want to touch on real quick. Um, One of the other accolades, and I know I've touched on it loosely, was just how important EPMD sets their albums off. You know, and that to me is an art in itself. You know, I'm sure Trey Vegas and Vern as MCs know how important it is, how you set off a rhyme. I always talk about still, I walk around town with a pound strap down or Jay Ruon, I'm the man, I'll tap your jaw. You never heard it before. Like it's something about the way you set off a rhyme. It's something about, so like I said, every EPMD album, you put on Strictly Business, you hit play, you hear Strictly Business. You put on Unfinished Business, you hear told. I mean, you hear someone, what you're saying. You put on the next joint, you hear I'm mad. You put on the last joint, you hear Boondocks. They have, and that's something, again, that I don't want to go un, unnoticed because that's a very important thing. There are a lot of great albums that I don't feel start off incredibly well. You know, I feel like these dudes just set their albums off perfectly. A quote that I always use from EPMD, and I try to use this to teach people how much hip hop changed in three to four years. When PMD, who's one, one of the biggest groups ever, says on crossover, but still I haven't seen one rapper living comfortably. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. But then that's in 1992, but then you fast forward to 1996, and now we got MTV Cribs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you, you know, know what I mean? What that's all about. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about tip. In the source, when Midnight Marauders dropped, one of the biggest groups at the time, still living. He said when he got his check from Midnight Marauders, he had to decide was he going to get a three and a quarter BMW or move out his mother's house in Queens. He got the three and a quarter BMW. <laughs> so, at Midnight Marauders, Q-Tip is sleeping in a twin bed in his sister's room. Think about that, that you're coming on tour as one of the biggest rap groups in the world and you are going home to sleep on your mother's twin bed. I mean, your sister's twin bed at your mother's house in Queens. Think about EPMD. I mean, not EPMD, Gangstar, one of the biggest stars groups in the world, was living with Branford Marcellus' family in Brooklyn in their basement. I still need I still need to ask them about that. How the hell did you live with Branford Marcellus' wife and his children this is Gangstar. This is Weed. This is 40s. This is J. Rue the Damager. This is the Group Home. How did y'all live with Branford Marcellus? Like, think about, yo, really think about that for a second. Branford Marcellus. With the fucking group Gangstar Foundation hanging out in your basement? Hey, How did that Bradford. Hey, Branford, Branford from down here, so he's bout it, bout it. Well, he could be bout it, bout it all day. I don't know if his wife bout it, bout it with all these niggas, blunts and 40s and niggas with 40 belows on in my crib. You know, I don't know about that. If he just lived with Branford, I'm not tripping. 
his family. Okay, like T is cool, but guess what? Group home ain't coming to stay with us. Like, yeah, it's not. It's just not. Like, okay. How um, long they staying? How long? Yeah, staying? like, yeah, you know. Um, so just yeah. to talk about how you could be at the top of the hip hop game in 1994 and still not have the money to, you know, reflect what people think that fame looks like. But then once we get into the bad boy shiny suit era. You know, like with, with the mad rapper say, y'all got bitches and fish tanks and on your videos and everything <laughs> like that. You know, like it just that again that line. No matter how many times I hear crossover, that still I haven't seen one rapper living comfortably. Just always stood out to me because that was just to me that was like a timestamp of where hip hop was financially at that time. You know what I mean? Um, and then my last quote that I always loved from them was from Jane. She's fly, haircut, like Anita Baker. Looked up and down and said, mm, I'll take it. <laughs> and then Illin Out Scratch used that joint for the I'll take a joint. So yeah, definitely yeah, a dope. Yeah, yeah. All right. So if y'all have one question. For, oh, and I forgot one more thing. I have a magazine. I can't find it. it was, it's a magazine called Big Daddy. It's a UK magazine. Biz is on the cover. And Biz, this goes back to the, the production credit thing. Biz is in this magazine saying that he produced EPMD's first album because he said he gave Eric all the record. He gave Eric and Parrish all the records to use. I've heard Eric say that too. That's not I, produced, but I've heard that Eric said that Biz he got the records, records right. Uh, wow. So again, and like Trey made a great point, everybody has a different word for producer, you know. So for me, I never want to take records from people. Like I can tell you, in producing all my years, I've only done it like five times when somebody's like kill make a beat with this because I just can't do that I'm like if the record doesn't speak to me I can't do that that's just like when they be doing them Russian roulettes and they put a blindfold on and you just grab a record or you could throw my you give me an F from the door I, I can't make it <laughs> like that like you give me an F I fail nigga like I'll try but if the sample ain't speaking to me I just can't you know what I mean I can't do it you know what I mean so um but yeah so that was bit so if y'all could ask EPMD one question yes what would it be I mean, it's got to be why y'all destroyed everything that y'all built. Why Why did that breakup happen? We spoke on it earlier. That shit is horrible and terrible part of hip-hop history. That breakup. Yeah. So, I, I mean, even though we kind of, sort of heard things here and there, I, I ain't really looking for the, the reason why. I, I, just, I just have to say why. Because it, it ruined... I mean, it ruined other cats, you know, the cats that's career for PMD. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, if they'd have stayed together, who knows how many more albums you'd have got, you know what I mean, to, to, to continue that run. So I, I have to ask him about the breakup. Why did that have to happen? All right, Kel, what about you? Uh, what happened with Craig Mack? Why, he was supposed to be part of the, uh, the hit squad and they let him go. Mm. So. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard that too. Uh, Vague, what about you? I would I would ask them, um, I guess it's like a two-part question, still uh, connected. What makes their production, uh, what separated their production from the rest of the producers at the time? Because I think that's what I like the most about EPMD. They just felt unique compared to everyone else. And the production played a big role in that. Um, All right. So, you know, I would I would definitely ask that because I wouldn't ask them about the I thought about the breakup, but when they were on Drink Champs and Eric Sermon kept over talking Paris, I was like, we ain't gonna never learn what the fuck Right, yeah, I don't think <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. 
I think it's one of the things like you can't speak or like it's almost like if we trying to get back like they if I got you robbed and somehow some way we were able to come back together and keep making music that would be the last thing I would ever want to talk it's almost like cheating on your wife and she forgives you like you don't want niggas at the barbecue like hey you didn't kill I see you at like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we, like I'm work, we in counseling, nigga. You want to come up in here and act about this? Right. Keep it on the low. Like, look, yeah. look at me in my eyes. This, this ain't the time to be asking that question. So, right. I think that that's the piece. I think it's just one of those things. But again, it's I, how you know. My my initial question would be, of course, yes, Eric. How did you get robbed, Parish Rob? Like, what happened? Like, did that nigga like cheat? Did that nigga get you robbed? Did he fuck your girl? Like, what happened? And is that true, what happened, and everything like that? But I think my, my initial question would be similar to Vague. I just want to know how you guys came up with the, the track listings. Like, how do you have it where every album just takes you from zero to 60? Like, whose idea was that? Was that planned on purpose? Like, how did you do that? Because um, I don't I don't know too many other albums that I can say in people's discography. Like, once I hit play, it's just off to the races every single time. Well, I know one that's related, and it speaks to what we were talking about earlier. But I feel like that trend was continued on Redman albums. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. cool. Redman albums tend to start like that, and then all of a sudden there's an intro afterwards, and you're like, oh shit, right? <laughs> so it might have been Eric Sermon, or it just might have been a group thing, and he just took it and right and kept running with it. Right, yeah. Burr, what about you? I'm asking who was doing that production. Who was programming the SP12 and, and and pushing buttons? That's what I want to know. Who was pushing fucking buttons and making the, the finished product? That's what I want to know. Because it's it, it, one, it was you know in that era, man. They didn't sound that the production didn't sound like nobody else. And you hit on it earlier, like over here in Cali. Just because of that sound, we heard that shit a lot. We love that shit because big truck action and all the beating shit in the trunks has been over here for the longest since I've been growing up. Niggas didn't know what the fuck X Clan was talking about, but I heard it my thoroughly. You understand? Right. Same with EPMD. But it was way more consistent because, you know, you can understand them and that shit was hitting a certain way. So I really would like to know one, what inspired that production and who was actually doing the shit. Right, right, Which right. we all know was really doing it, but I just want to sit there and say, <laughs> he's, right. he's like, I want to hear Pat say that shit. Trey, what about you, bro? Um, so this is an apartment 5B exclusive. I would like to know what was the determining factor, even though I'm, I'm gravy with how things have turned out, but what was the determining factor between you choosing uh, Keith Murray over me? Mmm. Because that was no, this is exclusive. Okay. Exclusive. So, so so from what my management told me at the time, this is nineteen ninety four, Eric Sherman came down and saw a performance. I did this joint call, I walk away from the bullshit. And so after it was a, it was a whole show, but I, from what I understand it, that was the song that was like, Oh yeah, you know, so we started a negotiation. You know what I'm saying? It's about to bring me into, you know what I'm saying, the his squad. You know what I mean? So from what I understand, it came down to me and Keith Murray. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then, you know, the rest is history. So I would like to know, why did you choose Keith Murray over me? What was the, what was the thing that made you choose Keith Murray over me? 
That is a 5B exclusive, bro. <laughs> yeah. and the part is, most people don't want to do that. One of my homegirls, like, she didn't get a job, didn't get this job she interviewed for. I was like, well, did you call back and ask why, Why you know, what? why you didn't get it? She was like, niggas do that, kill? I was like, I do it. Because I, I, I want to keep it a buck. Like, you know, and I, I call jobs and be like, what happened? They're like, oh, well, you didn't have this experience or we didn't like the way you answered. I'm like, I want to better myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a job. So what was it? Did I fuck up? Was it the way I dressed? You know, and, and, and every time I've done it twice. And both times I've done it, both people have been shocked. Like, I've never been asked that question before. Like, you know, why? I, I've never been asked that question, you know, but <laughs> one job I really, really, really wanted. And I went in there and I like knocked it out the park. And it was like, the only thing is it's, it's for a job coordinator and you've done all this great work with youth, but you've never connected them with jobs. And that's what this position would be. And I'm like, okay, cool. That makes sense. I just wanted to make sure that it's like, nah, you interviewed well and blah, 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 blah. But you just didn't have that. You know what I mean? So that, that, that is a good question. Shout out to Keith Murray, because that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I, I was just, just curious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things turned out the way they were supposed to, but I'm just curious. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's a good question. Real quick, funny Keith Murray story. Uh, most beautifulest thing in the world just came out. It's the biggest song in the fucking world. We got an interview with him up at 889. It's a Friday. He comes up at 5 to do the interview. The second, the pre-production studio is doing a pre-recorded recording. So oh. we're like, oh shit, we gotta let, we, this nigga is gonna have to wait here for an hour. Mm. Okay, now this is Keith Murray, razor blade under the tongue. You know, he's got his girl with him. You know, niggas love to show off in front of a girl. So it's already like, yo, it's about to be a hot hell fucking mess in here. Like, niggas is going to be throwing chairs. He's going to be wilding <laughs> the fuck out. It's like, yo, draw straws. Who's going to tell this nigga he got to wait for a fucking hour? I'm like, yo, Keith, man. Yo, look, man, I apologize. We, we record some da 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 da. He was like, it's all good, bro. I can see a new source. That nigga sat down, kicked it with us for an hour, did the interview. After the interview, he stayed, he rhymed over my beats and did drops. And it was just the most, the craziest thing because it was the exact opposite of what I was like, yo, how am I going to explain to Lawrence that a fucking chair just flew out the fucking window? Yeah, yeah. Like, strictly hip hop's about to get canceled. Like, you know, this nigga's going to snuff all of us, rob us, and fucking, you know, walk away and be like, yeah, see how I treat these niggas for shorty, you know? Niggas with they girls, man. Something about niggas from the hood when they girls are with them, like, they just. They really got to show up, but yo, just literally one of the coolest interviews ever. Like, it just was cool as hell. Just was cool as hell. And he would have had every right to get pissed because we we fucked up the schedule. You know what I mean? So he would have had every right to wild out, and he did. So, um, so dope show everybody. Please go out, do your homework on EPMD. You've got your GPS, you've got your albums to where to start, you've got your songs, you've learned all about the history. Definitely top five group um, of all time. So if you love hip hop and you love the culture, to me, this is where you have to start doing your homework to figure these things out. Vegas, tell them everything. Where can they get at you, good brother? All right. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You're not dancing. At Vegas World. <laughs> Do I look like I'm on that motherfucking way? <laughs> Uh, at Vegas World, if I had a daughter, I probably would. I ain't gonna uh, At Vegas World, INC, and um, check out my podcast, Hip Hop Now Podcast, the weekly uh, news, hip hop news podcast, along with another podcast I have with Yance called Hip Hop Twitter. Um, he brings up all these crazy shit that people say that I haven't seen, and I react 
in real time. And I sometimes I think the motherfucker's lying, but he's not. You know? <laughs> <laughs> bro, some of you see how they all twist. Wild shit, bro. Man, wild as hell, man. Um, Berm, tell them everything, brother. Where can they get at him? And then after that, talk a little bit about Idle Mind. What up, Vern, on uh, most social media platforms, and then the links that's connected to that leads you to everything connected to me. I don't mind, I don't mind. It's been fun, man. Well, we started it when Kill was out in LA this last time. I didn't get to connect with him, but we talked on the phone quite a bit, and it's just fun, man. It went from, what, five to eight to now 10. And uh, yeah, we just working up into the deadline, which is June, I'm gonna say June 17th, June 18th in the morning at least. And uh, we'll get it out to you via Bandcamp, via DistroKid, and all the social, all the uh, DSPs and all that. It's, uh, you know, if you if you, if you you follow my music, it's going to give you something to think about and give you some, some, some bars at the same time. Yeah, no doubt. So check it out. Um, what is it? Griovrn.bandcamp.com. You can do pre-orders right now. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. This is and, it, and it's gonna be dope. Vegas um, is the only guest on the album on the promo joint we got out right now called The Drift. Um, so just very, very. We had a very dope. We had a dope promo video for it, but it was the scene and um, snowfall where they're shooting at each other's cars. And the young girl gets killed, and just after everything that happened with the violence at the school, we just felt like it just wasn't the right time for that. So we. We took that down and, and Vern was able to, you know, shoot something really quick just to get something out. Um, so, you know, that's with that. Uh, but definitely check that out. Trey, where can they get at you, good brother? Um, let's see. IG and, and uh, TikTok is Tracy E-E-S-Q, T-R-A-C-E-Y-L-E-E-E-S-Q. You can get at me on the website, TracyLeeMusic.com. That's T-R-A-C-E-Y-L-E-E-Music.com. Um, you can get at me on Twitter at Trey Lee, T-R-A-Y-L-E-E. Um, and yeah, and on, and on YouTube, that's, uh, at left, L-L-E-F-T TV. That's left spelled with two L's, L-L-E-F-T TV. Um, and stay tuned for, you know, new single I'm gonna drop called Kakao. You know what I'm saying? And I just started pushing really today. Um, so, you know, just be on the lookout for that and, and, and a project coming in the fall. You know what I'm saying? All right. No doubt. Now, we can't talk about schooling people to hip hop without talking about his wife's book, Hip Hop, You Don't Stop, Lori Nelson Lee. I always tell him if you have kids and you love hip hop, how do your kids not know about hip hop? Yep. And there's a lot of people I know who have kids that don't know shit about hip hop. Okay? Not judging people as parents, but nigga, if you love hip hop, your kids need to know something about hip hop. So That's people right. always ask them, how can you teach them young? This is a great book that starts off with how you can teach them young, how they can learn about hip hop, how you can raise them up to love the culture. So definitely check this out. Grab it at Amazon. Um, Amazon. Yeah. Um, Lori Nelson Lee, just look it up like that. Hip hop don't stop. So definitely check that out. Kel, where can they get at you, good brother? On uh, Instagram at Big Kel and on Twitter at Kelvin Davis Senior. So, yeah. Right. And yes, where can I get at you, brother? At its yints. And like Vegas said, you know, hip hop Twitter season two is already started. We got season one. We moved everything from his hip hop Twitter feed over to Anchor, Spotify, uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. We like, we, we everywhere that you can get your podcast. We got merch. <laughs> we, yeah, got sure. t we got we got t-shirts. We got cups. We got stickers. 
all that. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas got all that going on uh, in regards to the show. Uh, you know, come check us out, man. We have a ball doing it, and I think everybody who listens will like it. So that's it. All right, no doubt, no doubt. You already know it is with me, Kill Eight Eight Nine Twitter IG. Again, just doubling down on I don't mind with Vern. I really think folks are gonna fuck with this joint. I told niggas we coming for album of the year. We want to be, we want our names to be listed up there. So we uh we really put that in. Y'all know I'm a bookworm. I always got a shout out the book. My new book of the week is the Polo Shirt. You know, Low is all I rock. So it's a nice oh, dope yeah. book. A lot of classic. This is the classic piece. Yeah, a lot that of classic. Yeah, that's thick. God damn. Yeah, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of classic pieces in here. You know, I just love going through, finding what I got, what I don't got, what I need to get. So definitely a dope book if you're a little head, check it out right there. But I will check y'all next week, good peoples.